soaked nuts. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, December 27th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 473. This is No Agenda. Officially suffering from PPDNOS and coming to you from Gitmo Nation Lowlands Day 21, living in exile in Amsterdam in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from uh, northern, northern, northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Devorak. It's Crack Lot and Buzzkill in the morning. Ah, you're still up there. Still in the northern, northern. Uh, amazing, yes, but true. <laughs> uh, how was your Christmas? And, and what? Christmas is good because I got this one gift. <laughs> okay. what you, you got one gift and one gift only. No, I got a bunch of gifts, but I uh, got one gift. All right, all right. Roll it out. What is it? <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought we ordered that, that. Is that a different police siren you've got now? Not a siren. What is it? Wow. It's a. It's an ugo. Well, it's actually not an ugo horn. It's a. It's a, just a horn here. That's sound like a siren over this mic. That's and, terrible. And does this uh, does this somehow confirm for you that uh, your family members love you? <laughs> So what is that, like one of those uh, uh, with a bulb on the end? Yeah. Yeah. It's got a bulb on the end. <laughs> wow. Was that the theme this year? It's like, hey, what do I get, Dad? Uh, just get him some st- sound effect for that stupid podcast. <laughs> I got this, too. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave you an old bed frame? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> It's an old. It's one of these old things they used to use in radio. I guess it's a. It's a uh, it, it sounds like a storm or is, something. Is it vintage or is it a, a recreation from China? I think it's a recreation, personally. But oh, it's called the Thunder Tube. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, I actually very, don't know where I could use that as a punch in anything. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, I'm sure. I also got a kazoo, but the kazoo seems to be. <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know, we okay. uh, we we celebrated uh, Christmas here in uh, Gitmo Nation lowlands in the old country, and um, I have to say it was quite a different and somewhat pleasurable experience. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell me about it. Well, um, you know, of course, uh, for the past, God, I don't know how many years, how many years have I been celebrating in in the States? Five, six years at least nonstop. Of course, it's a bogative holiday. It's all about commerce and buying people crap from China. And, um, uh, you know, we so Mickey has kind of an extended family here um, that she grew up with. And, um, you know, the guys are kind of, were kind of like her brothers. And so they had in, uh, one of them invited us to uh, his house in The Hague. And his brother came in from uh, uh, Singapore, which I actually have some interesting information I got from him to talk about later on. And it was really um, so the opposite of the tr- the Christmases I'm used to. Yeah, there was the tree, and yeah, there were a couple of presents for the kids, but it wasn't like this big commercial thing. And you know, um, do you guys read the night before Christmas uh, at your house by any chance? No. <laughs> well, this is not like an uncommon thing in America. Is we have the night before Christmas? I've never book. heard of it. You've never heard of the night before Christmas. No, I've heard of the night before Christmas. I've never heard of any 
bunch of cornballs sitting around the candlelight <laughs> reading it. Yeah, this is very normal. Yeah, this, is, like, this, this is very, very abnormal. <laughs> yeah, but but the night before Christmas is, of course, a book about you know the children were all you know tucked in their beds and snuggled with care, whatever you know, with dreams that Saint Nicholas soon would be there to give us all kinds of goodies and crap. So the whole story is about getting getting stuff. You know, it's a sweet story, but it's about getting stuff. And I had never... So there's a story that uh, this family does, but apparently a lot of families read this particular story, and it comes from Sweden. I had never heard of it before. And it's a very long story. It's not like, you know, in America, we're good. You know, we get commercial to the point, short, you know, a couple of pictures, you're done, op- open up your gift before you go to bed. Now, this is the little troll. You ever heard of this story? This is about the little troll that wanted to become a human being? It's about Obama? <laughs> Hey! No, it's a, it's a, the little troll who um, wanted to become a human being and and discovered that the way to become a human was to uh, help other people. And he helps this little girl, and then his life changes, and then he, he eventually becomes. It's kind of a mixture between the Grinch who stole Christmas and Pinocchio in a way, in a weird way, only with trolls. And it was does just trolls. <laughs> does he finally get on Twitter? <laughs> It was really nice, John. I have to say, it, you know, it was kind of a non... Did it bring a tear to your eyes? It That's did. The most important. It did. It did bring a tear yeah. to my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I have to say. <laughs> it did bring a tear to my eye. What, is that wrong? Is that so wrong? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, there was there was a hilarious moment here in... Uh, in the Lowlands, a great bogative PR moment. There are, there are a couple going on that I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but every year in uh, in in the Netherlands, the Queen um, does a uh, a speech, and of course, uh, no one cares about this speech. Obviously, yeah, I think maybe some really older people like okay, let's see what the Queen has to say. So they hired a new PR firm. I have no idea who it is. And they came up with the classic. So if you have a taped speech by the Queen, which is supposed to air on Christmas Day at 1 o'clock, but you know that people are not going to be interested, but yet you have some information you need to program them with, like, uh, I don't know, like Europe, like how great Europe is, what do you do in, in this day of, of uh, online, web-based, interactive social media? How do you get some, some PR going, John? What, uh, I mean, we could have come up with this one, by the way. Any ideas? School shooting? <laughs> Man, you're on a roll today. <laughs> no. No, no. Um, somebody, uh, of course, uh, was able to somehow decipher the incredibly complicated way that the uh, the speech was already stored on the Internet site on the server, and he finds it a day early. Oh, so that then all well, it's better than finding the the DVD or something laying <laughs> on the seat in the subway, right? And you know, there's this guy, you know, who was a, a marketeer, a new media marketeer, and he found it. And he tweets his tweet is like breaking, breaking. I just found the Queen's speech. It's unbelievable how I found that. After I'm sure the uh, you know he was sent the URL. And then, of course, the news media can pick this up and go, like, oh, my God, it's unbelievable that the Queen's speech has already been revealed before it's been on television. And let us tell you, she's talking about Europe and how we are Europe and Europe is us and we are the world. And it was just really a, a fun moment to see a bogative PR move 
uh, done in that way here in the, in the lowlands for the royal family, who are clearly moving into the uh, 21st century with this uh, this action of theirs. I like it. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right, because nobody's going to listen to the thing, but they'll listen to a, a leaked version. Yeah, and it's the same with... Um, uh, this just came out today. You saw this uh, Randy Zuckerberg, who is Zuck. Zuck's... Uh, was it his uh, sister. sister? Sister. So, so she tweeted a photo, or did she tweet it or put it on Facebook? It doesn't really matter. And it's a and it's a, a photo of of the family and Zucks in the kitchen, and she's really angry about this being reposted or whatever. But it's clear ah. it's a blatant promotion for the brand new Facebook game known as Poke, which is a standalone app. Came out, I guess, just yesterday. You know, it's like, oh, and she's really angry that someone uh, sh- that someone re- re- reposted this picture where her family is in the kitchen playing the game poke because there was a, uh, a little sub, a little caption to it, and they're all laughing and they look like they're having a glorious time because it's such an awesome game. It's so obvious that this is a promotional stunt. You know, these things sicken me. To be honest about it, why do they sicken you? Because I mean, we have because it's just a complete scam, and it's in it, it's just in the reek. It reeks of so much insincerity mm. that oh, I'm so upset by this and that kind of thing. <laughs> it just really bothers me that, that people have to resort to this sort of thing. Well, it's it it works. I mean, if, you know, everyone's talking well, about that's it. That's what bothers me. <laughs> yeah, that's it, the, why, I don't that's know. That's the worst really part. Work or does it just get no. some attention amongst people that? Can't think for themselves. I don't know. Well, we, whenever you get a leak like that, or some, you know, something so so obvious, it's just like ah. Oh. But the, have you have you seen this picture of uh, of the Zuckerberg no. family? Well, you have to Google it no. real quick. Just Google right. Randy Zuckerberg kitchen photo, and you'll see Randy Zuckerberg. Is Randy with an I? I think kitchen it won't make yeah. any difference. And uh, oh, really? Okay. And then you'll see that they're all sitting around the table laughing. This, it's so hilarious. This game is awesome. It looks like they're playing the best game in the universe. You got it? Oh, for some reason, the images aren't. Oh, there they are. There she is, yucking it up. <laughs> it's fun. It's like the whole family and Zuck's in the corner, like overseeing how much these people love their brand new game. <clears throat> I'm I'm trying to see if there, what there's a there's some okay so who took the picture there's one two three apparently four, she five did. people apparently she took it so I don't, I don't I don't know if she's I don't know what she looks like I don't know if she's in the picture but this is the picture well, it looks kind of like her in the middle there but no. but it looks not. I mean that thing's staged I mean can't you it's like who what family is doing this with a with a with a poke game just conveniently brand new it's so awesome how does this game even work. Well, you're wondering now. They got you hooked. <laughs> they did. It worked once again. I'd like worked. to know what the dish of salsa is doing there when there's no chips. It's funny because I, 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 I was doing that too. I was like, does he have, because, you know, he's so well known for shooting his own food. I'm like, where, where's the venison? It's got to be around somewhere. I was doing the same thing, investigating. <laughs> investigating. Yeah, looking at the photo. <laughs> investigating the food. <laughs> The kitchen looks like something from a Four Seasons hotel. It's just barren. <laughs> yeah. The guy has no class. He's got no style. We the all thing know in that. the middle. I mean, this sink in the middle is, I don't know. And something that's, all right, anyway. Uh, anyway, something that's Onward. not. Well, yeah, I got a Santa Claus clip. I'm a little annoyed about the whole thing. Oh. I'm, I'm beginning to seem like a 
like a bah humbug guy. But this, this, I'm wondering if this is good or bad to be doing stories like this, which are just so bogative, it's just ridiculous. But can you play my Santa Claus clips? This is Santa's big night. He and his reindeer entourage will travel around the world. So while you wait for the arrival of Father Christmas, why not keep an eye on his annual journey? A team of volunteers at the North American Aerospace Defense Command has been making that possible (laughs) for 57 years. Captain Jeff Davis is a spokesperson for NORAD in Colorado Springs. I'm looking at him on live radar. We've got him passing over Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and uh, headed in the direction of Nairobi, Kenya. He's delivered about uh, 2.4 billion gifts so far. He's about a third of the way done with his journey, and uh, he'll be headed over uh, towards uh, Canada, North America. Oh, uh, please, really? Do I have to listen to the whole thing? Is is there a big payoff at the end? Tell me. You should just listen to the whole thing. It's not that long. Here, uh, not too, not as an aviator, it's painful. Too late tonight. This is serious business. How do you keep track of him? He seems to be going so fast. He gets around. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, we're good. Uh, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, NORAD and the, the U.S. Canadian team here in Colorado tracked the launch of a North Korean Tapo Dong missile. And it's a lot of those same tools that we use to track Santa everything from infrared detecting satellites, ground based radars, radars that are on ships at sea. Uh, it's a it's an intricate system. It's all networked together, and uh, once a year on the 24th of December, we all come together and uh, watch it watch Santa as he makes his journey around the world. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> this is the same technology they use to track the North Korean missile, John. Did I hear that properly? Oh yeah, yeah. Hold same on. exact gear. Same gear. <laughs> Clip of the day. <laughs> so, which one is fake, the North Korean missile or the Santa Claus? I mean, they've got me stumped. Well, this now. is what this was what comes to mind when I see these kinds of reports. It's like, for let's see, I, you know, I don't know what, what parents think about my discussing this because the crock of crap that's involved here has got to have some some mind bending quality to to the youth of the of the of America mostly. Well, that's why that's why people are so easy to believe. Stories yeah, are, people well, believe. Oh, yeah, NORAD, you know, didn't understand what they saw on nine eleven. Of course, the whole thing is it makes total sense. Confuse everybody about what's real and not real with that outfit. So you have like this. Is this now? So I'm thinking. I'm asking the question as because this NORAD report was on over and over again. I couldn't mm-hmm. take it. Yeah. Uh, I I think it was Canadian CBC too, if I'm not mistaken. But they all do this stuff, you know. Oh, you know, here's you know, we got a report from the army base. Mm. It's like, does this at some point when you realize that there's a bogative, you know, this is like a, a lie. There's lies lying to you. Yeah. When you realize it, do you say, "Oh, that's interesting." The news media is full of crap. <laughs> hey, and does this make you a better person? <laughs> Yeah. Does it make you a better person? I'd, I'd like, like to know. You've, you come oh, to an okay. early realization about the age of 10 or yeah, whenever. Right. That the news media is lying to you. Does that make you a skeptic when you get older? Or does it, or no. does it sadden you? Or does it, or do you be, believe that you, do, does it turn you paranoid because now you don't know what to believe? What does it do? I think it actually trains you to accept the fact that the news media uh, must lie to you when necessary, and that it is okay when they do that, because of course Ooh, you. That's can't... a good one. I didn't get. That's one interpretation I didn't get. That's the only thing I can think of. 
And because, you know, we all, this has been going on for 57 years, apparently. So, yeah, I think if anything, it's perfect training, perfect training. But you're not against uh, the uh, the concept of, of kids knowing about, you know, believing in Santa Claus, are you? Are you one of these really Baja? I mean, oh, wait a minute. I don't care one way or the other. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm just concerned about the effect on the on the youthful brain. I, I understand, but I'm asking you a, a, a parental question. Did you keep the farce going with your kids when they were young? Oh, I'm sorry, maybe Buzzkill Jr. I, I, I hope still. they're not listening, but we're keeping it going still. <laughs> That's exactly. hey oh. Seriously, did you did you did you guys like keep it alive? Did you participate in the ruse? Be honest, John. Come on, talk to me. What? Of course I did. I mean, that's what you do with kids. It's it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, well, I don't know. Some people put them on leashes. You know, I'm just just questioning. Yeah, well, we do that too. But that's just to keep them from getting killed in an airport. So I don't blame you, anyone for doing that. But you thought you think it's hilarious to lie to them about Santa Claus? You think that's funny? It's not. It's supposed to be. I do think it's funny if you think about it. If you don't think it's funny, then you got no sense of humor. Of course, I think it's funny now. But when you when you we have your first kid and the kid's like four, you know, it's like it's fun, you know. And did you put the cookies and the milk out? Come on, John, tell me. Yeah, uh, my wife always did. Yeah. <laughs> and I always get up and take a bite out of one. Right? <laughs> of course, you have to. <laughs> I drew the line at the tooth fairy. I'm like, this is going too far. This is bull crap. We can't be doing this. This is too much. Uh, did you I don't know what we did with the tooth fairy? We, I think we kept that going. It's a good, it's all bogative. I mean, of course, kids' brain waves are different until they're about fourteen. Anyway, they're they're actually in a kind of a somnambulistic state. That's Ooh, not good actually word. Subnambulistic. Totally normal. Subnambulistic. Good word. Big word. Big one. Big yeah. whopper. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. So they until their brain starts to adjust to the reality of things that you I guess you can buffalo them for I mean I like to do I still do the magic tricks you know you can catch a kid young enough you can make him think that you know everything's you know your whole life to your hand <laughs> it takes very little skill <laughs> to make stuff disappear oh, like the bending of the spoon that's my favorite on the table you know, not, you know. <laughs> it's making things disappear <laughs> look gone look, like their allowance oh look kid your allowance is gone so um I did. Uh, I didn't see it live, but of course, uh, uh, we had the big uh, Obama's interview. Barbara Walters interviewing the president and the first lady, and uh, I. I only saw. I, I don't know if this is the whole thing. It could be. I saw like eight minutes online. Uh, did you see this by any chance? Did you and the family huddle around uh, the ABC television network to uh, to watch the big Barbara Walters interview with the president and the first lady? God no. <laughs> Besides that, we're only getting Canadian TV up here. <laughs> I would like. To Although, play... by the way, I want to mention something. Yeah, I did get a, a number. A couple of our producers, even though you thought this was not important anymore, did give me a Slingbox link, yeah. and I want to thank them profusely. But the thing is, the curious thing is, I got th- I got one of the Southern California that's off most of the time, or at least recently. But I have one, I have the other three. I got three. They're all in Michigan. Oh, really? Which I think is weird. Interesting. Is there anybody in New York with a sling box and then give me the code, access code to? Well, we only, ha- anyway. we only have a few listeners in New York. You know, Dame Tanya, of course. I don't think she has a sling box. I mean, New York, they're in their own kind of vibe there, man. They got their own thing going on. They got no time for us. They got no commute. That's another thing. If, you li- if you're in Manhattan, you got no commute. You got nowhere to go. So you're not going to listen to the show. Some people come in from Connecticut. Well, <laughs> yeah. 
increasingly. So here's um, three uh, short little clips I just thought were very, very interesting. Uh, for, uh, literally very short clips, but each of them really very something has something very telling about uh, the elitism of the presidency of the, the United States of Gitmo Nation. Uh, this first question is about uh, what keeps the president up at night. What keeps you up at night? If By the way, don't you love how she asked the question? <sighs> there are times. Mm. Well, I, stuff keeps me up at night all the time. Yeah. But, you know, the one good thing is I generally uh, work hard enough during the day. That by the time I hit, my head hits the pillow, <laughs> most of the time I fall, I fall right to sleep. There, there, there are certain moments, you know, the night before the Bin Laden raid, you know, there, there are going to be... Oh, really? The night before the Bin Laden raid, eh? This is bullcrap. He was on the, he, he, he didn't even know it was going down. They pulled him off, remember they had to pull him off the golf course to do this? He didn't know it was happening the night before. What are you yeah, doing? What are you doing? Bogan, he's full of crap. <laughs> stop clippity-clopping. It's not good. All right. The, would you stop that? It's very annoying because I don't know if it's... You know what's weird about that sound effect, which is another device they gave me? Well, go and finish this. I'll tell you later. It's not important. It's go supposed ahead. to sound like crickets. Does it sound like crickets no, to you? It sounds like you're doing something really annoying is what it sounds well, like. Duh, yeah. duh. Yeah. During during the clip even. It's annoying. Don't do it. Play. All right. Um, so... When you have a uh, a president who is talking about um, you know uh, new gun rules and gun control and and all kinds of uh, you know laws now uh, because of this uh, horrible so-called shooting that we have no real evidence of, it's kind of interesting when he tells you about the reason he was reelected. He wanted to run for reelection. Uh, we joke sometimes about how you know Malia's getting to the age now and boys start calling and and yes. you know sort of. Uh, I always talk about how uh, one of the main incentives for running again was continuing Secret Service protection so that there are men right. with guns around at all times. That <laughs> That's right. Have men with guns around my children all the time. Which, of course, is... Yeah, he yeah, said guns, didn't he? He's literally said guns. Which, of course, is literally the argument, if you look at the, uh, the left-right paradigm and the pro-con uh, gun uh, control uh, discussion... Uh, you know the right and the and the lobby is saying, well, why don't we have uh, guns protecting our kids? And I was like, that's crazy. But apparently not for the elites. Then it's okay. Then it's all right. But this one, this one is about. It got me as kind of. Urgh, I mean, a little bit as as angry as your Santa Norad bullcrap. <laughs> what is your favorite presidential perk? What could it be, John? His favorite presidential perk. I'd say the, the Air Force One. <laughs> well, uh, the plane. Yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, uh, it has been a while since I flew commercial. <laughs> this is this is where already I'm like, oh, holy crap! What an a-hole elitist. But it gets better. Um, but I remember it. I remember. I remember when I used to fly commercial. I haven't forgotten yet. I'm still a normal guy. Because I used to have to commute uh, every week from D.C. to Chicago. And not having to take off your shoes before you get on a plane. Let me tell you. Uh, is, Let me tell you. Is probably a, a pretty good luxury. That's a luxury right there. Not Hold on a second. <laughs> not like she all said, the Let me tell you. Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When oh, she yeah. said. When she said, let me tell you, uh -huh. that means that she's flying private jets, too. Yeah. Oh, Barbara Walters? Absolutely. 
But then, so that expensive little trip she mentioned in the last show we did. <laughs> yeah. She's bragging about how much money they're spending just so they can get a, a two-second clip from Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Hey, bro, what an expense. I mean, yeah. let yeah. me tell you. Let me tell you. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I took a commercial plane once and had to take off my shoes. And people... I'd never do it again. <laughs> and there were shittisons everywhere, and they were stinking, and there were kids crying. And ugh, Let me tell you. Probably a, a pretty good luxury. And, and, and obviously, ugh. you're never late for flights because generally the plane doesn't take off without you. <laughs> Generally, <laughs> what does he mean by that? Well, if the other Obamas, hey, are- my plane took off without me. If the other Obamas already on board, then you know, then you're screwed. Then you then you got to go back to the dungeon. You know, it depends on whoever gets to the airport first. He's the guy that gets to go, I guess. And that 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 just kind of got my goat. That just like ah, really, Ugh. <laughs> elite. It's just so elite. Actually, it was funny. There was a. Um, because of course we got the big uh, we got the big fiscal cliff coming up. Oh, hold on a second! I forgot we have to do our. Uh... There we go. <laughs> and the uh, and the first lady, uh, I guess it was a pre- it must have been pre-taped because they're all hamming it up there in uh, Hawaii on vacation. Uh, but she was talking about you know what she does for the Christmas holidays. And what she says at the end here, it, it, to me, it, I maybe I'm just reading it wrong. Maybe I'm just overly sensitive. But to me, it, it's a message as to get ready because this is what you're going to be eating. Well, when it comes to the, the holidays every year. Well, I'm the hostess in chief. We host a, a number of events here for a whole range of, of people. It's traditional. very traditional. Think? I mean, there's turkey, there's, you know, the string beans and stuffing, a little mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. This is the time when I throw let's move out the window for a moment and get that mac and cheese. Everybody deserves their mac and cheese. You <laughs> so. eat cheese. Say it again. Yeah, right exactly. So you felt the same thing, like mac and cheese, mac and cheese, get ready, mac and, it's not going to be a cat food Christmas, mac and cheese, after the fiscal cliff, mac and cheese. Yeah, we eat mac and cheese too, so you you slaves can get used to mac and cheese, <laughs> mac and cheese, mac and cheese. cheap <laughs> macaroni and cheap cheddar <laughs> melted together, or actually buy a box from Kraft, it's cheap. <laughs> buy from Kraft, that's the worst. <laughs> mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. You got the same thing, right? I was like, ah. Uh. Yeah, I think she uh, said it a little too little, often little for too some much. reason. Yeah, yeah we eat much. mac and cheese too. Yeah. Sure you do. <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> oh. And this yeah, mac and cheese. That's annoying. I'm glad I didn't watch that night. I'd be in a bad mood. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm in a good mood. I have to say, I you well, know, you're in a good mood because you got to listen to somebody read you a fairy tale. I, and I cried. I cried about the troll. <laughs> <laughs> the poor little troll. He finally gave to became a person. <laughs> Where you know, you are? You, I, mean, I bet that your family right now is listening to this. Pro- no, they're not. Well, if they were listening to this program, they'd be like, they're all in bed. <laughs> how come? How come John can be more like Adam and sensitive? <laughs> the sensitive male crying over the throne, becoming a human. He really did. <coughs> I almost got uh, it. So, I've discovered something here, though. People are, um, you know, they're, oh, man. It's very hard, of course, to be here to talk about, you know, anything. Uh, you know, like what we do is because, you know, 
where no matter where you are, uh, inevitably people say, "Hey, so what do you do?" <laughs> and this is like, and, and this is the dreaded question, you know. Like, um, yeah, you know, I uh, I do podcasts, and then uh, oh, really? Oh, what's it about? Um, and that's where you know, I'm like, and then I've really got to think: who do I have in front of me? How much time do I have? And how much annoyance am I willing to bear to explain? But you got to, you know, like friends and family. Why don't you family. just say Google no agenda? Google no agenda. Yeah, but you, you're stuck in situations, and they're like, well, so what's it about? There's no agenda. And uh, it's what is about it? It is what it is. I don't know. I I get out of this pretty easily. But someone came up and said something to me that I thought was quite interesting, particularly in light of my ham radio experience. Someone said, "You know, Curry, and you've said this. Said you're a lightning rod. You just attract stuff, and you know, and which, by the way, if you if anyone were ever to read our emails and see what kind of things people say about me to John about me." <laughs> It's all. You know, it's like I'm the lightning rod. You know, I, I just bring in the, the 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 jolts of electricity. But then I figured, you know, you are the grounding ribbon. That's why it works. Because when I'm alone, I really miss that. I'm like, oh, and you know, you know what a grounding ribbon is? Yeah, it keeps the it moves all the electricity down to the ground and and dissipates it. Exactly, and it's literally like a ribbon of you know of copper essentially, like a braid. A braid is maybe a better. Maybe it's called is it a bra braid? I thought it was ribbon. Braid. Yeah, it's probably a braid. Yeah, and you know, but together, lightning rod and grounding braid. <laughs> hey, there you go. It's lightning rod and grounding braid <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> in the morning, everybody. Hey, oh, let me do it. It's lightning rod and grounding braid in the morning. That's why. That's why it works between us because you need that grounding braid from time to time, and I, you know, and you get away with it. What do you mean uh, I get away with it. It's like I'm trying to pull something. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you. No, you're not. You just you get away with it. Literally, you you you're the good guy. Alias Smith and Jones. Uh, Wait, what, who? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Cultural reference beyond you. Yes, indeed. So uh, what's in the news over there in the uh, in the lowlands? Anything going on besides just the Christmas? I thought it was a very dull news week. I mean, there was nothing going on. We don't nobody's listening to the show. There's a. Uh, <laughs> no I'm watching, I'm no watching tons of C-SPAN. I'm getting nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, everything kind of, kind of shut down here. Um, I mean, kind of. It literally because you know, they have two days of Christmas here. You know, they the first day of Christmas, the second day of Christmas, and then today would be the third, which everyone basically just you know took off. You wouldn't think there's a crisis here. This is, people, crisis or not, jobs are, people are like, they're not working. They're just like, screw it, we're not going to work. Um, I do have an observation about uh, something that's kind of weird that America and Germany have in common. I'm not sure why. I haven't been able to quite figure it out. Uh, but it is, you know, now that we've been here for three weeks, I've been here for three weeks. Mickey's been here five weeks. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Mickey, for the sound effect. Um, you know, so now we're, you know, cash that we had some cash in our Dutch bank account that's, you know, gone. So now we have to use um, cash from our U.S. bank account. Uh, but it's problematic because they have essentially stopped the or disabled the use of magnetic stripe swipe credit cards through all of Europe except for Germany. 
You cannot use a credit card anywhere, pretty much anywhere in the in Europe right now. Unless what? It, yes, unless it has the uh, the digital chip embedded in the card, which of course no, as far as I know, no American bank issues those. You just no. can't use it. You, you now, Ed, you can still go to an. So wait a minute. Hold on a second. Stop. So I'm. I'm just going. I'm showing. I'm flying over to Paris. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, Lucas Carton or something. I have a nice, expensive meal, and I sit down with uh, my friend and I put down my American Express card to pay pay for the whatever outrageous thing I did, and they say, "No, Monsieur, take this card. It's crap." And they throw it back at me. Right? <laughs> well, I'm not exactly sure about every restaurant. Some rest we have found one or two restaurants that still will take a swipe magnetic stripe card. But Can't I'm talking just punch in the number. No, if you, no, if you're going to um, a gas station, if you're going to buy groceries, in many places they won't even accept cash anymore. They, there are literally signs that say you can only. It's called pinning. You can only pin here. No cash. Literally no cash. I see what. No cash. I see people um, at the uh, at the in the little, the little so shop. Wait a minute. Stop. 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 So in other words, I got my card there. I go punch it into the ATM machine, which it should be able to read because there's still all those old machines around. I get myself because I can't use the card. I punch out five hundred uh, euros. Yeah. And I go to the gas station to get some gas, and they tell me to get lost. No. You no. Um, well, some places, and not saying necessarily the gas station, but there are there are stores for sure. I can I'll send you a picture of the sign. There are stores that say you cannot pay in Please. cash here. Yeah, no cash, and it says it in English: no no cash, only pin. So it has to be the smart card based credit card. For some reason, Germany has also not converted to this. But here's here's the thing that 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 makes huh. that, that I find weird is they're all saying, well, the Americans need to catch up. Say, catch up to what? It's like, you know, and of course, it's, you know, to change this infrastructure, to change all of the, the card readers, etc. I mean, that's that would be a pretty big deal. I mean, that's not something that just happens. And all of this. Yeah, we have 300 million people. Yeah. And all of their systems here, the, the systems used to be actually they um, if you look at the card readers and they have the mobile card readers, there's a, still a sliding slot. But they've literally put a sticker over the slot that says with the card, with the magnetic stripe, with the big red circle and a, and a slash through it. Like, no, no credit card like that. No photos of this stuff. I, I will. I will. This is this is ridiculous. It's yeah. What I, do they do about American tourists? Well, this we don't is, have this, this they, year. They don't care. They really don't care. They're just like, no, no, I'm sorry. I can't take your credit card here. I'm like, what? No. And then, and then you have to take your 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 ATM, your debit card, find a, a debit machine, you know, cash machine. Those still take it, but I wonder for how long. You know, that may just stop one day too. I don't know. It must. Uh, huh. Yeah. So, well, that, uh, so it's, yeah. Interesting. And now the hotel um, that we that I put sent Mickey up in three weeks ago. You know, after she got sent back, of course, I had to you know get her a hotel real quick. You know, they took my credit card. So, of course, there's some, you know, stuff like that. Uh, it's still accepted. But really just for general walking around and just, you know, you either have a bunch of cash with you all the time, which, you know, seems uh, counterintuitive to the entire system because they really just want you to, it, at the market, you're at the market, the stalls, like a farmer's market. 
They want you to pin at the farmer's market. They've all got their mobile uh, uh, machines that they use stick your smart card in um, at the market, just like the, the meat guy or the cheese guy or the poultry guy. Standing out there in the market square. No cash. No, no. Please pin. It's crazy. You know, what's weird about it is that if you're an American, you want to get one of those cars in one of those banks. And you just say you want to open an account. You can't do it anymore. You, if you're an American, it's almost impossible to get a, a bank account in, in Europe because of all these new international treaties that require them to report all American money. Well, I'm expecting any minute now because, you know, I just had some kind of like, you know, just uh, uh, some money just here. Uh, and have there's been no real activity, but now that there's activity, you know, I'm worried because I'm going to have to send money from my U.S. account into the Dutch account so I can use the the damn Dutch bank card. But once they see activity, they have to report that. And once they're seeing, you know, that, that they have to report it, then they may be, may be like, well, you know, you didn't fill out the forms because I've had this. You account, know, we don't need your forever. business. Is- yeah, I mean, I've had the account forever, so it's probably going to be, oh, you don't have the forms filled out, and maybe you should just close. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what's going to (laughs) happen. So let's hope that we can get home in a couple weeks and not not to be here longer, because that'll be very very troublesome. I've never heard of any of this. Well, it's uh, I've heard. I knew this was kind of happening, but it's not until you actually are here for a while and have to live and function that you notice it. But the thing that I don't understand is Germany is on this in the same boat with us, and Germany, of course, is where all the money is in Europe. So I find it interesting that they have not converted to this uh, smart smart card system. And you know, you kind of would want the Germans to be over here using their plastic. But I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah, know that's if it's... Kind of, we have to get look into this. I don't know if it's just make... an ICT thing. I mean, I, I Googled it. There's plenty of articles and people say, well, it's just two incompatible systems. But that makes so little sense from so many perspectives. Not, it's not incompatible. It is. That's, oh, that's why the ATM machines work over there because they're all part of. There's about ten networks: Star Network, um, Mastercard Network. Where they're on the back of your debit card. There's no, a list. No, of no. Them. The part that's incompatible is the actual transaction part. I mean, the the back end all fits together and works. It's, the, it's that transaction where it goes wrong. What What does that mean? That you can't transact. I can't use my card. My thing won't fit in their slot. No, I know, but that's 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 just a function of the hardware. I mean, it's just this is something fake. There's something weird about this, this story. Okay, well, I'm, I hope we will have many people um, looking into. Yeah, we it need for some us. bankers to chime in here with. Ah, it's part of a scheme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Scheme. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's part yeah. of a scheme, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Well, so that's uh, that's just an observation. Uh, was there anything else that, uh, hmm. Well, I've got a clip we can take. Yeah, uh, do that. I mean, i got plenty of stuff, but uh, not, there's just no news. Everything shuts down here. They have the big show called All You Need Is Love. Everybody watches it. Everybody cries for three hours. And then it's, you know, then you have, what are you doing? I'm trying to whistle the Beatles song. They, they actually use that song in yeah. the show. Yeah. Where they're reuniting people. Um, you know, who haven't seen you. I was like, oh, my boyfriend lives in Australia. Oh, that reminds me of This Is Your Life. It used to be a show in the 50s and 60s. It's uh, This it's, Is Your they They have a show. It was a great they show. They get some sucker in the audience. Mm-hmm. They'd sucker somebody to come to the show, but he's actually the target. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. I'm surprised we don't do the show again. And so the guy's in the audience because he somehow has been bamboozled to come in into the show to watch it. Yeah. And then they call him on him. This is yeah. your life. This is your life. Adam yeah. Curry, this yeah. is your life. And yeah. they bring you up and, and embarrass you. Yeah. Except in this case, it's 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 nonstop. It's like 30 different stories. And it's all, you know, sad saps. And then they have, you know, and some of them in the audience, but others he just shows up at the door and like, oh, you know, your boyfriend who lives in Uganda, you know. And, of course, you know, the guy, they brought the guy over from Uganda. And the guy's like, damn, man, this is cold here. What am I doing here? I don't want to be in this gray, <laughs> gray-ass country. I'm and freezing they, all And <laughs> they put him on a bus and they ship him through the country in the rain and this mist and the, the grayness. And then you know, and then and then he get, he's reunited with his girlfriend for uh, for for the Christmas holidays or whatever. And I was, like, and we all cried. Yeah, because we all know the Ugandans are big on that Christmas thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's uh, th- that was the my media experience here. <laughs> you were gonna play. So, uh, okay, now I got a. I want you to get. This is that we played this game once before. Oh, I want you. Mm-hmm. To predict what I'm going to predict oh. as the as a future distraction of the week, uh, you've done it before and you nailed it. And let's see if you can do it again. And here is the prediction guest time clip. Former President George H. W. Bush may spend Christmas in the hospital. Bush has been in a Houston hospital for a month, suffering from bronchitis. His staff said today they need to be extra cautious with his care. Bush is in stable condition. I think you're going to predict <laughs> Nelson Mandela to die. <laughs> well, I've already done that. Yeah. So I got. <laughs> oh, by the way, so a, lot, a, a lot, a lot, of people giving you props, even though you called Nelson Mandela, you're getting credit for uh, for George Bush being in the hospital. Did you notice this? Yeah, I did. And so I'm now. I'm, but, I'm but calling. I, but I, can, I can tell you something right now. He's a goner. It's over. I mean, I have inside information for sure. He's not coming out. Okay, so, but is it going to be before or after Mandela? I think he's going before because, you know, he's going before. And, in fact, this is really teeing a lot of people off because, you know, yeah, they always have some Bush retrospective, you know, packages ready to go for, for, for when it's time. And they knew that he had Parkinson's. They knew it wasn't, you know, you know, they knew that he was not doing too well. I think I even mentioned that that you know Don had told me that he wasn't doing that he was actually doing quite poorly, and uh, I think he's going to usurp Mandela. Screw you, Mandela! Uh, you know he's going to have a much bigger show. Well, this would annoy a lot of liberals because mm-hmm. um, a Mandela is a big deal that needs uh, you know he's he could be a one-two punch. I mean, this would definitely cover up what's going to happen when we over the cliff. Yeah, everything. Oh yeah, total total cliff cover up. So you so you have uh, Bush going out uh, before the first, if you know if at all possible, and, <laughs> if, and what? All, if at all possible, you're a horrible man. I'm not. I'm just. I'm telling it like it is. I'm let, just a realist. Let me here. give Come you. The, let me give you the 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 rundown. The BBC had a friend of the family, and and uh, this you'll never see this guy uh, talking about this again because he really. Let way too much in. The president was admitted to the in, in uh, ICU, the intensive care unit at Methodist on Sunday. Um, he's dealing. He's been dealing with a series of setbacks. It includes a persistent fever, 
and uh, doctors are doing everything everything they can to <laughs> wrap their arms around it. They're cautiously optimistic that their current course of treatment. Is- I love that cautiously optimistic. If anyone says that, if you ever, if you're in a hospital and yeah, and you're, doctor, done, you're done. We're cautiously uh, uh, optimistic, Mrs. Curry. It's like forget it. Call the lawyer. I'm out. I'm done. Going to be effective. And so, uh, but the president, the president is, uh, he's, uh, they don't put you in the ICU because things are going well. So <laughs> we're obviously hoping that uh, the medicines and the treatments can help him turn things around. He battled bronchitis for about three weeks. And uh, at age 88, despite the great shape that the president's always been in throughout his life, that really takes a toll on you. And so coming out of that, he was doing his physical therapy. That was going well yeah. until the middle part of last week. He's just started to have a few low-energy days, and uh, things kind of snowballed from there. It, it, probably exactly the wrong time because of his weakened condition, because of the fight against bronchitis. 88 years old, it just adds up to a tough situation right now. This guy should not be the spokesperson. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's see what we got here. George H.W. Bush. Let me make sure he is 88. I, I think he's a goner. A yeah, no, I think he's a goner, too. I mean, that's why I'm predicting. But but it's got it's all a matter of timing. I mean, uh, it, it, they got to do something. I don't know. I mean, it's, I may sound maudlin, but uh, well, something has to be done. They have done the something. Happens, no, and I think they have done I think something. Bush going. They've done something different. They've done something different. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite amazed you haven't you haven't even figured this one out. We have to Uh-oh. distract from the fiscal cliff. You don't have to. I mean, yeah, if Bush goes or Nelson Mandela, that would of course change the news cycle. But you've, I mean, the simplest thing is to focus them on a different cliff. All right, hit it. <laughs> We're hit at the gas pump. Now it could be our grocery bills. I'm Ashley Ketz. And I am David Oliver. Good to have you joining us this evening. Shoppers may soon see the cost of a gallon of milk spike between 6 and $8. It's already around 4 bucks a gallon, spreading your grocery money thin. Color 10's Laurie Patton has been following this issue and joins us now. Laurie. Now wait for it. Well, CBS News is calling this the Dairy Cliff. There you go. The Dairy Cliff. We just need to give him a different cliff. Go on. Well, that's it. That, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to play the whole report. It's 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 all about how the see, dairy cliff. Yeah. yeah. See, and, but, but there's you, no dairy cliff. This is bogus. Now, of course, it's bogus. But but if you the whole report, I'm out here in farm country, and we're looking at dairy. See, there's a cow now. I mean, it's uh, bullcrap. Now, you, now you, you, do you want to hear the report? Because then you'll see how people will be severely affected. Our citizens, our senior citizens, will, will you know, won't have their their milk. <laughs> Go with the cat food. And some hope the solution to the farm bill would be attached to a reconciliation of the, the fiscal farm bill. Fiscal. Yeah, that's what they're saying. The farm bill. This is just another illusion. And of course, uh, we, uh, little Timmy has jumped in there with the oh, the debt ceiling. So we just—you don't need someone to die. You just need—and that's unpredictable. You know, you you need some. You need to focus people on other things. So I I don't have. A, uh, no, I I disagree a hundred percent on this uh, one. Okay, I think it's the dairy cliff, and I think it's the fiscal ceiling, the debt ceiling, and then that will be the focus. And they're just not they're, anything to distract. Anything to distract. And I, eh, it would be great if when the old man can go, it'd be fantastic. But they need some cover. Well, it's gonna. They're definitely gonna lay it on. It's gonna when probably in the next. Let's see, our last show, 
our, our next show is going to be after the first. No, 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 no. We have one more show. No, no, show. no. That's where we got a Sunday show. I'm yeah. sorry. I, yeah. I can't remember what day it is. <laughs> we have a show on Sunday. Hopefully, uh, somebody will listen to it. And uh, even though it was on vacation, and which is reflected in our donations, I might add. Yeah. And um, we'll do that show. And then I, from that show to Thursday, I'll bet you all hell breaks loose. That's my prediction. From Sunday to Thursday of next week, all hell is going to break loose. So our Thursday show is going to be spectacular. Excellent. Well, we we already received a note from one of our producers who has received, I guess they use H&R Block, which is a, a really, really big kind of strip mall type place where you go and get your taxes done. You literally walk in uh, with your, you know, with your... Uh, Everything your pay your pay strips your W twos your ten ninety nines whatever it is cigar box of receipts yeah with your box and you sit down with a consultant who essentially is just running a, a version of you know Turbo Tax Turbo Tax on their computer because you're too stupid to run it and they say oh, here it is and they take you through it um, and then they and and they're kind of a financing outfit because they'll say well you know you have um, you know some money coming back to you from the government. Uh, you get like $700, but, you know, you can wait for the check or we'll give you $500 now. And then, you know, we'll just call it quits and then we'll go get the 700 and we'll keep the 200 That's kind of how it works. Uh, and, yeah, and, so it's kind of like payday. It's a scam. Yeah, it's, it's kind, it's of, kind of a scam. Yeah. Onerous ripoff. Right. So those guys are sending out emails now to their to their clients. And the top of the email is the alternative minimum tax. And they're oh, saying, you got to send me that email. Oh, you didn't see it? You, you were copied no. on it. Oh wow! I didn't. Oh, I'm well, surprised. who sent it then? Uh, I don't know. Well, hold on. I'll I'll just read you the first line. I have I saved it, of course. I'll read you the first line from what H and R Block are sending out to uh, all of their customers. Hold on a second. Where is it? H and R Block article. Got it. Um, loading it up. Uh, Tax Mageddon Financial Cliff. What the fiscal Ooh, nice. cliff, What the fiscal cliff means to you. This is what it means to H. By the way, what it means to H and R Block is they're not going to be able to get this this refund deal working yes. because they're not going to get anything. Yeah, they, uh, they must be. So two things: creating tax mageddon for individual filers. AMT alternative minimum tax. This has not been patched since December thirty first, two thousand eleven expiration, and more right. than seventy common tax breaks. And right there at the top, what is AMT? Little, little, uh, you know, a uh, couple of uh, answers there. And it says um, 34 million taxpayers could be hit with the alternative minimum tax. 34 million, that's quite a lot. Um, and the example they give is you could go from a tax refund of $1,056 to owing $1,400. As, and that's from, they say, an analysis by the Tax Institute. Um, so that is a uh, a difference there of several thousand dollars. Uh, of course, they get they're really pissed because they don't get any of that deal that they get to to shaft people with. Uh, but of course, they are asking people to you know to uh, you know get their stuff in early, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, what to what to be prepared for. Um, so that's that's kind of the first the first I've really se- yeah. But it's, well, it's the first I've really seen of any any institute of any. Standing that has uh, kind of gotten on board with your analysis, which you've been talking about um, to some incessantly. Yes, <laughs> in fact, I was crying about the troll, but it wasn't about the troll. It was about your story of the alternative minimum tax. 
That's how well, often, some one of our <laughs> that's one of our producers about it. Yeah. one of our producers did come up with a with a clip on the on the morning show on CBS the more you know that early today competitor yeah uh, and it was actually it was it was reasonable and you can play it's a fiscal clip or fiscal that's the way I have it on here on CBS. Start with the fiscal cliff looming. Yes. What effect do you think it will have on so the So most of what the fiscal cliff is going to impact is taxes starting next year in 2013 and beyond. But there are portions of it that could impact taxpayers this year. About 30 million taxpayers could see their taxes increase this year. A hundred million of them, according to the IRS, could see their refunds delayed. And this is because of something known as the alternative minimum tax. Oh, That's the AMT. Usually they increase that amount. They they adjust it for inflation, but they haven't done it yet. It's all wrapped up in this fiscal cliff debate. And so if you're somebody making a household, making $45,000, you could actually see your taxes go up as much as $4,000 this year if they don't address the issue. I was just going to ask you, and who would that be affected? And you just said it. <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah, people. people. All yes, sorts citizen, of people. you may return to your harpsichord. That's right, citizen. Back to your harpsichord. Nothing to see here. So anyway, that's the problem. Yeah, all right. But well, yeah, it's good that HR. You got to send me that thing because I can use it for a column I'm writing. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank sure. you. I got to get into Thank this column know. business. It seems I'm like I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get nobody wants to talk about this. It's amazing to me. Then there's some morning show that nobody watches. I mean, the top show is on ABC. The second one's a Today Show, and nobody watches the CBS show. So anyway, let me it's a uh, let me say. Uh, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and also in the morning to all the ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and also in the morning to all the knights and dames out there who have supported the show so religiously over the past uh, couple of years, and we appreciate that to an extreme. We sure do, as well as all of our artists. Martin J.J. back again with the previous episode's artwork. We Ironically. Do, we do love everything that comes in. Uh, to noagendaartgenerator.com. Please uh, continue to support the artwork. It's uh, we ha we know that when we have crappy artwork, donations are down. It's fact. It's just a fact. And of course, I'd like to say a big in the morning to all of the human resources who are charged up, ready to go, depleting their nine point one million dollar value in the chat room. Uh, I, I think actually you devalue a little quicker when you're uh, in the chat room during these va uh, these holiday season weeks. And uh, that is noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. You're really, you're burning extra cash. Just, you know, clearly you have no life. But we, we do appreciate you showing up and uh, keeping, us, uh, keeping us honest. <laughs> it always works. And uh, I believe we do have some people catching up who want to get their knighthoods before the end of the year so they can uh, get in, uh, still get a ring, and then be in on the new PIN program. And uh, these are people who are not doing it, obviously, for the ring, but they're doing it to support the program uh, known as the best podcast in the universe. Uh, and as you know, uh, we produce this show for you regardless of the circumstances. This is uh, the third day of Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's. I am uh, in exile in a uh, kitchen slash living room slash uh, dining room slash what are you doing? Bathroom? Well, it's kind of, uh, right now. Well, it, this is how small it. I need to send pictures. Mickey, you take some pictures of this. Uh, it's kind of it, it's. If you put wheels on this thing, it's the Hot Pockets tour. 
That's essentially, that's essentially what it is. Uh, paying double rent uh, and... Uh, and uh, Just think of it as cozy. It's cozy. Mickey's now going to take a picture of me uh, <laughs> at the kitchen well, table. With a skivvy shirt on? <laughs> no, I, I got a regular shirt. I, ha- I have a scarf on because it's also cold. <laughs> All right, Wear a sweater. Let me see, darling. Yeah, cool. Will you tweet that to the slaves? Thank you. So hopefully we have some people uh, uh, who we can thank for this program. John, do you have uh, do you have a yeah, list? Yeah, we do have some executive <clears throat> producers and associate executive producers here for show 473. and want to thank them, starting with Felix Cornici oh. in Farmingham, Farmington, Connecticut, uh, $500. Uh, hi, John and Adam. This donation will make me a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. But most importantly, it's a small token of appreciation for the best podcast in the universe and he wishes us a happy new year. Wow, thank you so much, Felix. That's very Scott kind. Morgan, you, you know your neighbor's uh, or former neighbor, at least for the moment, in Austin, Texas, 42902, uh, Christmas gift for John and Adam's family sent a note to you. Yeah, and uh, I looked around. This is the most recent one. Uh, he has actually uh, invited uh, Ms. Mickey and I to go to church uh, several times in Austin. And with church, I'm talking about the big gun show that they have on Sundays once a month. Uh, we just haven't uh, had an opportunity to do that yet with uh, Scott and, uh, I think, his bride. And here's the one I got, uh, the newest meme on news. He says it's about the gun culture. I currently hold the gunculture.com.org.net domains. I'm worried I just painted a big target on my back. Any suggestions on what to do with these? With the target on his back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the, I think you just keep the gunculture.com. I think it's fine. I don't think you have a target on your back. He says, P.S., I hope to complete my knighthood this week if the world doesn't come to an end. I got delayed when my wife got laid off this month. So um, this is this comes at expense, uh, personal expense to Scott, and we highly appreciate it. And, yes, he will be knighted today during our ceremony. If he uh, has the gunculture.com, I think, and it's just sitting there as a dead domain and he doesn't have a parker or anything that he can run on it, just post one thing. Just post a, the the Gangnam Style video from YouTube <laughs> no, and just no. leave that on. <laughs> Let me see. Let me it's just like see. the Rick Roll, the new Rick Roll is that thing. That Psy, <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, John, you've actually seen the video? Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't seen it? I don't know. I mean, I just yeah, you're still. Kind of, I thought you would. It's have very funny. Promoted by the way. It's Green a very Day funny video. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only been around for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still funny. Come on, David Yegley in Pleasant in California, three 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 three, a donation uh, level we don't see as much as we used to. Yeah. To thank you because three of them in a row, we throw in the extra penny to get you uh, a knighthood. Want to thank you, John and Adam, for all the fantastic work you two do. Uh, to consistently bring us top quality media analysis and entertainment to boot. Adam, I like, uh, I like that you are beginning to use Google Plus more often. I really think the Plus community can enormously expand the No Agenda listener base. And by the way, they're up to 900 people in the No, no Agenda no, we Club. Hit, we hit 1,000. We hit 1,000, I think, today. I think we hit a thousand. No, I think they want to hit a thousand today. Do you yeah. think they hit a thousand? I think, I mean, when I, because, you know, now, now I've got sucked into this big Google Plus hole. You know, it's like I can't get away. <laughs> I have, you know, there have been a couple things, a couple stories that have been pretty good that I've, you know, that I've incorporated. I'd like that. Um, and I, I'm just I'm seeing it grow. So let's see. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, right, well. I'm never one to, to step away from, you know, trying something new. You know, I'll try something new. So I'm trying. I'm trying. 
Good. Anyway, he he wants to be Sir Dave. Okay, uh, no problem. Wishes the both of us some too delicious karma. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. Like that, I guess. When it's played like that, by the way, it sounds like the You Got Karma woman, for some reason, is Hillary. Really? Say, play it again and listen, then and just relax okay. your mind and right. imagine right. Hillary's <laughs> doing the whole okay. thing. Let me relax my mind. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. If you know, if I equ- if I equalize a little bit, if I EQ'd it so that she's not so muffled, yeah. we could do it. I'll work on that. Sir, yeah, Sarah Bradley in uh, Forestville, California, two six nine six nine. My name is Sarah Bradley, not Ma- Maynard, which never came through. I don't think, unless JC fixed it. This should qualify me for Dame status. December 27th is my 38th birthday. I'd like to have karma to help me find my next husband and have a human resource. <laughs> hey, All wait right. a minute. Send pictures. Come on. You Please know the look deal. for my email uh, W donation from a future Dame Sarah in the, su- uh, in the subject line. And she, hey, ring size seven and three quarters. She has nice slender fingers. Send a picture, Dame Sarah. We'll put it on Google+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's doing her a favor. <laughs> Daniel Rudin in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 20420. Morning, John. He'll be as uh, by Dame uh, Sarah and uh, Daniel will be associate executive producers for show 473. In the morning, John and Am, here is my Christmas gift to the best podcast in the universe. May I have a Huntsman Karma followed by a Hey Citizen clip of your choosing? How many Hey Citizen clips do we have? Anyways, going down to New Orleans to celebrate both New Year's and my birthday on the same day. I'd like to extend a big thank you to all my fellow Iowans that I have been that I have heard donate in the past, as it was hearing them that encouraged me to start donating as well. Assuming Adam and Mickey make it back to the States, I would like to encourage them to make a hot pockets tour to Iowa in twenty fifteen. Then we will have a big straw poll in Ames, and I predict we'll see Rand Paul win followed by the media declaring it utterly meaningless, unlike when Bachman won and became an instant front-runner. Anyway, it goes on. Um, yeah, well, I'm not, I, if we ever get back, uh, we're going to stay home for a while. That's my, that's, <laughs> that's my prediction for 2000. But, you, know, we, you know that we actually have to leave the house. Uh, February 15th, we have to be out because our, our lease is up, and we, and we haven't found the new place. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Exactly. Yeah. All right, uh, Daniel, thank you very much for your uh, support of the best podcast in the universe. Here's, I think this is something you'll enjoy. You may return to your business, citizen. You've got karma. Just trying to mix it up. And finally, our last associate executive, executive producer, Sir Gene Naftulyev, uh, with 20202, I... Tried sending you a package, but the forms to ship tritium take too long to process. <laughs> what is tritium? Is that some kind it's of precious some radioactive metal? stuff? <laughs> Thanks, sir, I Gene. should have my present by now. I believe this gets me to the tenth associate executive producer credit, and because of the eastern lark is fl- because the eastern lark is flying. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you got to say it properly, otherwise it doesn't work. And because the eastern lark is flying north. 
Galt Karma for Bin von Pelsmachers. Oh, he wants some Galt Karma for Baron von Pelsmachers. That not this is this is very interesting. We have a knight sending karma to a baron. Mm-hmm. Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. You've got <laughs> karma. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. And, you know, um, Ray from, uh, I don't know if I should say where he's from, but we've got, like, three guys, uh, Ray, Dodd, and Alex. I, I don't want to give their last names. So th- th- I, this is really what they're doing. They're sending me uh, a, a ham radio, but it's going, like, through embassies, and I think it's going to fly in a C-17 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hand-delivered. <laughs> This is so awesome. We have an amazing, amazing group of listeners. Oh, I was telling someone the other night, I said, you know, oh yeah, uh, so Mickey's working on a project, uh, which is a, a really cool art idea. And uh, I'm not going to mention what it is right now. But, but, you know, she's like, well, if I needed to get hold of some guy in Brazil, I'm like, you know, I, I bet you if I wanted, and he's, he's not, a, he's like a famous guy. So I bet you that if I really made a shout out on the show, I bet you we could, we could get, in touch one way or the other. We have an amazing network. We really do. Where in Brazil is he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of contacts in Brazil. But, we, but, but regardless, anywhere in the world, whatever we wanted, you know, if we want to get to someone, if you believe in the, you know, six degrees of separation, we, we span the globe multiple times. Yeah, I'd say that's probably true. We could yeah. probably find anyone. Yeah. We need to take Although advantage. Mongolia, I think, is a bit of a stretch, and <laughs> India, forget about it. Okay, so I want. Well, let's try. Let's try it out. I want one of those Mongolian hats. You know the hats that they wear, the Mongols there in the in the in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you can probably get a hat. Yeah, but I want it. I want a picture. I want some original art. <laughs> I want the picture of the guy wearing it in in the desert there, and then I want it on my head. I bet you we can do okay, that. Well, yeah, all you. right, we'll make it a, a, a current challenge to get a Mongolian hat with a picture of the of the dude it came off of. Yeah, with the guy, and then <laughs> and wash it, wash it before you say. And I want a picture of the guy without it on his head, shivering. <laughs> <laughs> now you're asking for too much. Uh, what we only ask for is uh, is just your support of the program. You can go to uh, noagendanation.com. You can go to noagendashow.com. And, of course, Dvorak.org slash N-A. And even if you can't give us a donation in that regard, you can always help propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Hell yeah. Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. Ah. Oh. We have mostly joke clips. No, I I have, I've done, I got some real work here. I got some, some interesting stuff. Oh, that's good. So we've been talking about this word uh, that, the, um, that Harry Reid used when he went in and slipped oh, something right, right, about right, right, the, right. the National Defense Authorization Act 2013 uh, he all of a sudden just kind of, you know, slipped that into uh, to the conversation. And the word, hold on a second. Uh, oh, this is dumb. Uh, here we go. Uh, 
I'll play the clip for you, the abbreviated clip. The majority leader is recognized. Sir, could I ask my friend to yield for a unanimous consent request, and he would have the floor as soon as I finish? Absolutely. Sorry to do that. Without objection, so ordered. Madam President, I ask unanimous consent that when the Senate receives the papers with respect to H.R. 4310, the Senate's passage of H.R. 4310 as amended be vitiated. So uh, we've been trying to figure out what this word is, and someone sent me a New York Times article that really blew me away. And uh, the word, John, is vitiate. Uh, we right. thought it was a vitiate, but it's vitiate, V-I-T. Well, we didn't know what we were doing. But right. We got it. I, I want you to to go to this page so you can – because you have to see this article just to put it away for later. Vitiate.curry.com, V-I-T-I-A-T-E, vitiate. V-I-A-I – spell it again. Vitiate, V-I-T-I-A-T-E. Viciate. And uh, I'll give you the definition. Spoil or impair the quality or efficiency of or to destroy or impair the legal validity of. It is basically code for we want to destroy. He said we want to viciate the amendment. The, um, there are only a couple amendments. This, of course, was the amendment. Uh, the lead that everyone's baffled by how it disappeared. Exactly. Oh, we're so we're <laughs> we have no idea what happened. I voted for the amendment. I'd voted for it, so you can reelect me. This was the amendment to protect citizens from indefinite detainment uh, without any type of due process. And uh, yeah, they, the 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 way they get rid of it is by saying we're going to vitiate it. And if you read this article at vitiate.curry.com, I'm sure you're scanning it by now, John. This is a huge word that is used all the time, mainly in Demo- uh, from by the Democrat Party. Um, they use it's code. It will just vitiate that. If someone says, "Hey, I'm going to vitiate you," then you better watch out because it's probably a two to the head scenario. And it's 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 a very interesting word that just you know. I mean, whoever thinks about these things, like yeah, you know, the guy said, "Vitiate whatever." Instead of destroy, remove, get rid of. Here's a little more of that clip. Without objections. And further, I ask unanimous consent that the adoption of the Senate amendment be vitiated. Not vitiated. Whoops. <laughs> Goodbye. Gone. Done. So that's how it works. Yeah, and he sneaks into the dead of night. Yep. yep. Unanimous consent decree. Blows it through, and everybody's baffled. How oh, can it be? What happened to our amendment? I thought it was in there. Oh, it's not in there. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> what a bunch of shitheads. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, anyway. So I, I got another... Uh, I, I've been look, looking at language, and I think I got started off, started off by... Uh, someone sent us a link. Did you see this uh, link about Let Me Be Clear? Did you see that no. link? That so, oh, so someone sent us, uh, one of our producers sent us a link, and it was the uh, kind of the etymology of, of let me be clear or let it be clear, an article written by Daniel Guerin, and um, very interesting about that this really comes from a fascist, uh, it has a, you know, this let me be clear, it has a very fascist background. Uh, in fact, it comes from his article, Fascism and Big Business, and that whenever a politician says, let me be clear, it essentially is really saying, shut up, slave. You have no business questioning this. There is no questioning because it is clear. And then as I'm thinking about that, it think, and, I, and of course I'm here in a Germanic-speaking country, I'm thinking about the use of the word homeland, which of course started after 9-11, um, which 
to my knowledge, and you can correct me, John, I don't think the the word homeland was ever really used in the United States before the Department of Homeland Security. Can you recall? No, ever? never. I don't remember. It be, I mean, it may have been used here and there by some one person, but it was not. It wasn't in the general lexicon. It all showed up after nine eleven, and now it's the homeland, the homeland, the homeland. We got to protect the homeland. Exactly. The homeland is like the fatherland in Germany or the motherland in Russia. Yes. Well, either one is just good. And then something, what else have we been picking up on that in particular our president says a lot, the vice president says it, we've also heard the first lady say it. What is, what is like, it's, it's another thing that just bothers us whenever we hear him say it. What is it? Look. F- mm-hmm. How about folks? Folks. Folks. So I'm like, yeah, he says folks more than he says look. So folks, but look is look to me is let me be clear in shorthand. But but where's folks coming from? Folks is coming from the German folk, okay? Yeah, Volks Volkswagen is of is the people's car. Yes, which was a Nazi car. But really, if yeah, you look at the etymology, totally. if you look at the etymology of the word folk, it really it's it's not it's even below citizenry. Uh, it's the common people. They are the folk. So you're folks. It's another elitist from the top thing saying folks. But then, right? If it was it was uh, Leona Hemsley, it would have been the little people. Exactly. But then I'm thinking. You know, and and by the way, the Germans, uh, uh, or uh, not the Germans, the Nazis specifically, the Nationalist Party, because you know the Nazis, you know uh, that was just a a term that was brought in later. But they were the Nationalist Party. Uh, they were talking about one folk. One homeland, one Führer, one leader. And I'm thinking, how long until we hear, you know, instead of the president going, hello, everybody, he just says, hi, everybody. I mean, how it can't be that long, John. <laughs> I think we're very close to it. He just might slip it in. You know, if we start, if someone starts using the word hail. Slip it in. <laughs> Heil, everybody. <laughs> I mean, he's already said, hi, everybody. Hi. Maybe he's saying Heil. Maybe we're just not hearing it right. Heil, everybody. He could slip that in, man. I'm going to pay attention to it. <laughs> so, so it, we're definitely overdoing the folks bull the crap. Fo- well, but but who says that? Who say the folks thing? I mean, it, that's not it, it's not a southern thing. I don't think, and he's not southern. He's from Illinois. You know, it's just where's that coming from? Who, it, it's coming from his elitist attitude. I mean, he's actually, I think he's sincere when he says that. He's thinking everyone's just a bunch of dummies. Folks, their they're folks are out there and their poor folks are suffering. They're just getting by. You know, and I, hey, and but you know, the greatest part of this job is I got a big giant jet. <laughs> Two of them, as a matter of fact. My wife sometimes flies separately. Is that great or what? And of course, what's going to happen now is you'll get email saying what an a-hole I am and that I should go work for Fox News because, <laughs> because I'm, not ba- I'm only bashing Obama. No, I'm bashing our president. And if you listen to this program long enough, we bash the previous president just as much, if not more. Ugh. So, so here, here's, here's a... Now, our president, though, I will give him this, is, of course, a constitutional scholar. We all know that he, uh, he's a professor in the Constitution. I'm correct in that, right? Yes, yeah, so, well, he's actually was a teaching assistant, from what I can tell. I mean, this is sketchy. Oh, come on, no, 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 professor. No, no, no. <laughs> but I give it to you. Go on, it's, it's fine. Okay. So now we, uh, now everyone who listens to this show, the best podcast in the universe, knows that you, John C. Dvorak, are also a constitutional scholar, and we can ask you all kinds of questions. 
Yeah, you could ask me whatever you want. I'll take credit for this. Okay. So um, I'm listening to the president responding, and this was actually a clip from last week, and I went back to watch it again, and he's talking about the Second Amendment. And And I'd like to hear his explanation again, just briefly, 15 seconds, of the Second Amendment. Now, like the majority of Americans, I believe that the Second Amendment guarantees an individual right to bear arms. Is this the truth, John? Is What does the Second Amendment actually do? And this is important to know because if people want to repeal, get rid of the Second Amendment, which as ein Volk, we could do, the folk could all get together, all the folks could say, we don't want this Second Amendment. I ask you, and maybe I'm interpreting this wrong, but I ask wrongly, what does what is the Second Amendment? Does it guarantee, as the president just said here, let me listen to it one more time. Let me just listen to it one more time. The constitutional president, the constitutional scholar. Now, like the majority of Americans, I believe that the Second Amendment guarantees an individual right to bear arms. He said, like the majority of Americans, I believe that the Second Amer- uh, Amendment guarantees the right to bear arms. Is this the truth, John C. Dvorak? Is that what it guarantees? Well, the, the interpretation would, would suggest that, but let's read the Second Amendment. I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad. Shall I read it to you? Yeah, you can. Or I can read it, but you can read it. You're on the roll. Go. A, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is the Second Amendment. Right. That, that does not guarantee the right to bear arms. It says that the people have the right to bear arms, but that the government is not allowed to infringe upon that right. It is, this is not the right. Am I crazy in this thinking? Well, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's essentially, it's like the uh, government can't infringe on a religion. Does which, it which guarantee is, which you? Is, which is, if you look at all the amendments... They do not grant everything. All the amendments are saying is, here's an extra thing the government is not allowed to do. Right. They, essentially, they, we always have to remember this, and a lot of people would seem to, especially a lot of people in in the in Obama's camp, the Constitution is is designed to limit the government from Thank doing you. a lot of stuff. Thank you. And that's why the sec, the Tenth Amendment was was done and put in there to reassert. The fact that the this states, is a federal the, government, yes. the states have all these rights. The federal government only has a limited number of rights, and we will tell you what they are in the Constitution, and that's what they do. They, they can tax, they can put together a big army to protect the whole place, and they can do this and that, but they can't They can't do what has been going on but, for the last but, but, but this is 50 the, years. But this is the interesting thing, is that we already have that right. In fact, if you look at uh, many state uh, constitutions... Uh, that right is uh, to ha- bear arms is already uh, reiterated. It's in the state constitution. But the Bill of Rights does not, gr- there's no granting of any right to bear arms. We have that right as citizens. As human beings, we have that right. The Second Amendment, as with most of these amendments, and the Bill of Rights is only to, to tell, to tell the, the government what they're not allowed to do. And I find it fascinating that these three simple lines are so misinterpreted and and that um, it is being reiterated 
that 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 somehow the Bill of Rights or the amendments give give some rights to you. No, no, no. This has nothing to do with rights. We already have these. They cannot be taken away from us at all. Not by the government. Not, not by, the, by the government. government. Yeah. Not by the not by the federal government. They can be exactly. taken away from you by a city government. Yep. Yeah. Or or a state government. That's already that's already available. I mean, there's in New York. You can't have a gun. In fact. Dick, uh, Dick Gregory, Chip Gregory, the guy who was on that morning, you know, the I, Chip, you know him. Yeah, I, I uh, have that I ha- guy. I have the clip of him breaking the law. You want to hear it? It's pretty funny. Yeah, play it. Police are investigating whether NBC's David Gregory violated D.C. gun laws. Violated. Listen, listen to this. This this is a great package. This, by the way, is the Asian woman on, I think, CNN really early in the morning. When he displayed what he described as a 30 round magazine during a Meet the Press interview. Check it out. Check it out. Here is a magazine for ammunition that carries 30 bullets. Now, isn't it possible that if we got rid of these, if we replaced them and said, well, you could only have a magazine that carries five bullets or 10 bullets, isn't it just possible that we could reduce the carnage in a situation like New York? I don't believe that's going to make one difference. Now, check it out. Well, we don't know if the magazine was authentic or a prop, but we do. <laughs> Authentic or a prop. Hey, prop department. If anyone has had a magazine in their hands, it's basically just, it's a piece of, like, flimsy metal with a spring. It's a prop. Pretty much. It's it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But listen to how it's described in this tag. You know this, having a large capacity ammunition device. A large capacity ammunition device, John. Like a magazine is illegal (laughs) in Washington, D.C. I have a large capacity sperm device. Be very careful. It could be illegal in Washington, D.C. I mean, really? This is crazy. I'm... Oh... It's crazy. Well, I think personally, uh, Chip the show and tell thing was a scam. Oh, well, okay. I'd love to hear your take. I think that they brought him he, because he, he's never done this before. He's never had anything. Yeah, props. props? Never props? seen a prop on the show. Chip. <laughs> so he brings a prop on, draws attention to the fact that it's. It, he doesn't say it's illegal, but then all the news me. Oh, he broke the law. We've got to bust him for breaking the law. So he's actually going to be, because the law is fair, he's actually going to be brought up on charges. And, of course, since he's a good guy, they're going to, you know, it'll be, it won't, on, it'll be, it won't be a felony or anything. It'll be suspended and all the bull crap that goes along with it. I agree. I agree. But they're going to draw a lot of attention to this. And it's going to bring out, you know, it's going to be, what? wow, you, these people are serious. Serious. It's I, the real deal. I think the whole thing is a scam. I I I uh, I'll give that to you. I think you're absolutely right. Hadn't even thought about it that way. Makes a lot of sense. He'll probably he will do a mea culpa, a mea culpa. I think he'd be like, oh, you know, I uh, I really you know shouldn't have done that. Um, and uh, he'll probably pay a fine, small fine. Uh, yeah, which the network will pay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree. No, he's never had a prop on that show ever. So now he's got a, a magazine out of the blue. Where do you get it from? It's yeah. bull crap. Yeah. 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 Well, the whole thing is just the whole conversation. And oh man, this conversation here. Oh. It's so hard, you know. When, when <laughs> Yeah, it is. I mean, people are like well, at least Obama's going to get rid of the guns. And, I, you know, I, I, I'm like, <laughs> why did you we got a bunch of notes from people that came. Well, you know, you guys are. Oh, no, I was tweet. I got a bunch of some guy tweeting me. <laughs> oh, you know, guns, you know, you should be think more like a European. <laughs> hey, hey, jerk off. We're not Europeans. You don't think like Europeans. 
I do. I think like a European. Well, you do, but I mean, generally speaking, Americans are not Europeans. Most no. of them never even been to Europe. No. In fact, they, half of them can't even find Europe on, on the, the map. map. Yeah. So get <laughs> over it. <laughs> yeah. Now, but it's it's just you know, and and you know, so this this uh, Second Amendment thing is, you know, here's it's always like, well, you know, you've got that crazy NRA lobby. It's the big lobby, the big lobby. It's like. You really got to lay off the CNN, man. You got to stop watching. But Obama, he's a good guy. He'll get rid of all the guns. Like, really? Look at the mirror and say that. And it just, do you, do you, do you understand what you're talking about? It's not possible. It's not possible. <laughs> no, it's not possible. And then I usually have to go into, this is what we do. This is our culture. We make guns. <laughs> it's like, we sell them to other people. You know, yeah, we sell them worldwide, yeah, we, and we, we blow things we up. Blow we like things doing up. that too. Yeah, we and, we and we teach people how to pull the trigger. You know, we yeah, and we make you you. Oh, they're so militarized here now that you know now they have. Uh, of course, the Dutch have um, uh, have Marines in Afghanistan as part of NATO, NATO, and they're doing the whole Christmas thing. You know, with the satellite. Hey, mommy. Hey, daddy. Oh, <laughs> they've never done that before. This is all new. Yeah, they got that from us. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. And it was like, oh, you know, and they're using the same language, you know, well, you know, you know, you know these people are over there and they're they're fighting, fighting for us for freedom. For freedom. <laughs> it's like, wow, citizens. Yeah, that's that's what it is. But you know what? People who listen to this program, the listeners and the producers of No Agenda, they're just in a, they're just they have a leg up, but they're just in a better spot. Because they, you know, they're trained. They understand. They know how to look through it and how to not get depressed. You know, this is you know, we're good for your psyche. And I think that it's it's going to get better. I I can only see more and more people um, waking up to the reality of of the crap that is being shoveled into their brains. Um, and I and and I do see more, and I and I meet more and more people here who are. Um, in Europe, but certainly in the Netherlands. When they're waking up in the Netherlands, it's good. You know, then there's something happening. That's probably all part of the alignment of all the planets and whatever. Maybe that is part <laughs> of the... Yeah, that's what the whole Mayan thing was about. Age of Aquarius. Yeah, well, we are in the Age of Aquarius. We're coming out of the, what is it, Iron Age into the Bronze Age. And I believe in some oh, of the that. Information Age, my friend. <laughs> I believe in some of that. Some of, some of that's got to be... There's got to be something to it. You cannot deny that... You know, we evolve as a species, and the planet evolves, and and stuff happens. You know, maybe would you know, maybe one day we'll we'll not just be the best podcast in the universe, but the only podcast in the universe. <laughs> well, that could be <laughs> broadcasting on seven megahertz on HF. The, the difference between Americans and uh, and Europeans, I think, is epitomized in a clip I have. Ooh. They had. Uh, your buddy Pierce Morgan, who everybody seems to want to deport. <laughs> By the way, can I just say that when everyone, of course, knows that Pierce Morgan, there's a We the People petition. I think they're now up to 90,000. You know, it's like deport Pierce Morgan. The Brits have now, including Jeremy Clarkson, bless his heart, are now saying they've started their own petition. No, no, no. Don't allow him to come back. There's a petition to send him. <laughs> there's a petition to send him to Guantanamo. There's a petition to yeah, shove the him off. Guantanamo one's the one I signed. Canada. Let me tell you, look at his Twitter stream. This is bugging the crap out of him. This is really... I know what it feels like to be hated. You think so? 
Oh, oh, dude. Because that smart money would just take it as a publicity no, stunt and just no, go with it. No, 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 no. You know how I feel when someone says if something negative. If I'm deported, negative. I'll refuse to leave. <laughs> I'll go on the lamb. You know how I feel when someone says something negative, right? How do I respond? It, like, it irks me. You know it irks me. Yeah, you get irked. Yeah. That's why I think it's one of the reasons they do that. Right. Well, of course. But it's a human reaction. You can't help it. I'm looking at his tweet stream. This is irking the guy. This is really, really pissing him off. And I therefore encourage more of it. I think this is fantastic. <laughs> this is the best way. This is the best. You know, and the guy's not without blame. I mean, come on. He's a, he's a phone-hacking douchebag. We know it. We all know it. And, and you know, he's a hypocrite. I think that's the thing. It's just a big ass hypocrite, and that's why. And people smell it. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. People can feel the vibrations. This guy is no good, and that's why this. You no, know, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, you can. People can. And feel I got it. a cornball about this stuff, but huh. I do sense there's a people can sometimes often sense. Yeah, when someone's that, a, a I mean, they can be fooled. Yeah, if the guy was any good, but he's not that good. It's a douchebagometer. It's built into you, and it's getting better. It's just getting better. So he's got Jack Hanna, who's who's the who's the far he's a zoo guy who travels the world and he gets all these weird animals. He shows up on all the talk shows, and this poor uh, bastard Pierce can't get any ratings, and so he he's starting to do what the Johnny it's like the old Johnny Carson show. So he brings this guy on. He's a stiff Pierce is, and he doesn't get that you know all these animals are floating around. He doesn't think they're cute, and he just irked. And Hannah just drops this little – he brings out an armadillo, a three-piece armadillo. It's, a, it's a, some sort of specific armadillo that closes up into a perfect ball. You got yeah, well, prehistoric animals on Earth, this one right here. Wow. You got the batteries in it? What is this? This right here is a three-banded armadillo. Did now, you say all the batteries in it? It's a joke. I'm going to put them out there. This animal here is a three-banded armadillo. You see it back there. Three, one, two, three. Now, what <laughs> so he says – you, he, Hannah says to his assistant, "You got the batteries in it because it looks like a toy." Yeah. And this idiot, Pierce Morgan, says, "What was this about the batteries?" Thinking he was serious. He's so such an idiot. Ugh. He actually literally said, and when you saw, when I saw it, my jaw dropped. He was actually wondering why Hannah referred to batteries for this crazy <laughs> little. Div- <laughs> he ser- it was like, "What? Are you it, that stupid?" Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's okay to be stupid. I'm okay with that. But, you know, because I, I started looking at his Twitter stream. And he, there he's like, I just had Christmas uh, party at the White House. And here I am with Michelle and the president. I'm like, you're a douchebag. And why is he getting invited to Christmas at the White House? The petition has mo- more people have signed the petition than watch his damn show. I mean, seriously. What is that? That can only be because he's getting some kind of marching orders or whatever. I mean, and by the way, wait, wait, he's he's tweet, tweeting about a picture, tweeting, with aka a picture. bragging about going to Christmas with, at the White House with a picture, being, with a picture, with a picture, uh huh, with a picture of him and the president and the first lady. Oh yeah, and I'm just thinking. Remember now, his spot. He is just a mouthpiece. And, and and so now it becomes it it comes into you know everything becomes clear the picture is widening up for me because he was of course the replacement for Larry King let's not forget where he's coming from he has received Larry King's throne he's Prince Pierce essentially Prince Pierce is you know put onto the king's throne and he's given his marching orders and this is why he's what he, he's supposed to be outraged but even the Brits now our good friends in Gitmo Nation East they're like. 
come on. We know the the Americans. They don't want some guy with a funny accent telling them what to do. You're stupid. Even they think they're stupid. Wow. I have to, I'm going to have to follow him. <laughs> you have to follow him. It's fantastic. I mean, what you want to do is you want to get a retweet from him because, you know, then you, he's got like three million followers. But look, just follow his – he's pissed. It irks him. It really, really irks him. And I think that's – you know, when you get like a Jeremy Clarkson um, tweeting, you know, about basically keep Pierce Morgan, that hurts him because now now that's cultural. You know, when you've got the ho- his homeland – People in his homeland laughing about him. It's, it's, I know. I know these kind. I, I can smell it. I can smell it. Anyway, I encourage. That's very it. funny. I encourage it. I think we should continue with this. This is, <laughs> this is very, very good. <laughs> so, breaking news. Uh oh. Hold on a second. <laughs> good news. Breaking news, everybody. Breaking news. We've got Jeb Cedarborak on location. <laughs> EPA Chief Lisa Jackson is quitting. Really. That horrible woman, Lisa Jackson. Is this like hot off the wires? You just get this yeah, right now? Yeah, just like right now, 10 a.m. Pacific time, December 27th. Wow. And, and is it immediately or is she getting? Is she leaving at the end of the year? Well, that's almost immediately, I guess. Any uh, any details on this, uh, on this breaking I'm looking, news? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, breaking I'm looking. News? Doesn't say. No, breaking news. Oh, interesting. Yeah, hmm. we do breaking news on the show once in a while. Yeah, by the time you hear it, it won't be so breaking, but okay. <laughs> well, whatever. At least we're not, not going to be talking about her so anymore I ha- next year. I next a- year, she's out of the picture. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of uh, uh, Sandy Hook articles in the show notes at 47th. Uh, are we 473 already? Man, yeah. yeah four, 473. We're heading to show 500. That's right. 473.na show When we started the show, com. nobody said we'd get to show 200, and we That's did. Right. Yep. 473.nashownotes.com. And uh, I, I, this is, I, there's a quick little clip, and this is about the, uh, it was just such a weird story, and, and the way the clips, the fire chief, the reports, uh, all brought into, I think, more mind control. If, if I, I'm just, I have to remain true to myself. When I hear this report, I think, man, this whole thing, if, if there weren't, they, they claim two firefighters have been killed, and I have a real soft spot for firefighters. Um, I support them in, in financially. I've, I've known a lot. I've hung out with a lot of them. I have deep, deep respect um, for the crap that they go through. But if, you know, so you know, they report that two have been uh, killed, um, but I'm, and they may it really two guys may have been killed. But I'm not so sure the story holds up that these guys were killed by some crazy crap. Uh, just listen to the report and all the things that are being pulled into it. it. It's very, very disturbing to me, and it seems like we're just on this tear of fake news reports where actual people die. Do you have the right to know if your name? Ah, crap! I'm sorry, I played the wrong freaking clip. Here it is, this one. Was spelled out by the suspected arsonist and shooter in chilling typewritten detail. Quote: I still have to get ready to see how much of the neighborhood I can burn down and do what I like doing best, killing people. Okay, so I just have to dissect this a little bit. So this is the crazy guy who apparently started a fire and he left a typewritten note, which did not catch on fire, from this huge blaze. I mean, we have the video of some fire, and it was a typewritten note, not a Facebook page or anything, a 60, I think 62-year-old guy, so, 
you know, not like terribly beyond my own age range. Uh, and we have this note. Magically, we have the note because someone's reading it. I like to start fires so I can kill people. Authorities say 62-year-old William Spengler, who served prison time for killing his grandmother more than 30 years ago. Of course, no way to verify any of this. 30 years ago, he served some prison time for killing. I mean, I mean he may have, like, tripped and she tripped over him. We don't know any background on that. 30 years ago... He killed his grandmother, that's the message. Shot at first responders who arrived at his burning house. So we don't really know this, but now listen to how they how it's portrayed. The fire spreading to six other homes. We are being shot at, multiple firemen down, multiple firemen shot, I am shot. Oh, I think we have an assault rifle. So this is the firefighter on the radio saying, multiple firefighters shot, I am shot, I think it's an assault rifle. I just why would he say that? I want, I, and and I, again, you know, when people, when firefighters in the picture, I get really, I, I don't want to like go crackpot on it, but that's bullshit. People don't talk like that. When you're shot, I am shot. I, two of my colleagues are shot. I think it's an assault rifle. He was equipped to go to war to kill innocent people. Officials say the gunman was well fortified with weapons and ammo, a 38 caliber handgun, 12-gauge shotgun, and a Bushmaster 223 rifle, the same model used in the Newtown, Connecticut school shooting. Firefighters Tomas Kachufka and Mike ah. Ciparini were killed. Two others are hospitalized. Spangler, police say, killed himself. And I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired of all these guys who go shooting people Killing themselves. This really, the, the, what are the odds of this? What are the odds that of the past, what now, five shootings? That they don't, oh, I gotta go kill myself. Oh, gotta kill Even myself. Even Lee Harvey Oswald didn't, didn't kill, kill himself. himself. And he shot the president. John Wilkes Booth didn't kill himself. People just don't go kill, it's always like, oh, and it, because, of course, the only thing I can then think of as an alternative possibility is this is a setup. Uh, what we're hearing may not be real. Now, some people may have actually been killed, but then we just kill some kook, some, some, some crazy guy. Oh, and let's type up this letter real quick, which didn't burn, and then we can just pin it all on the Bushmaster. And late today, they revealed human remains were found in Spengler's burned house, and authorities suspect they belong to his missing sister. And let's just throw some extra stuff. I like this. This is this is like the, you know they had an extra twenty seconds in the newscast. Like let's write some more crazy crap in there. Motive is always the the burning uh, question, and I'm not sure we'll ever have. I'll ne we'll never really know what was going through his mind. Police are investigating whether the death of Spengler's 91-year-old mother in October and donations she may have made to the fire department could help explain the motive for her son's Christmas Eve shootings. I, I, I don't even know what that means at the end there. I mean, but the, uh, it's obvious what, what this is meant to portray is uh, assault rifle, bushmaster, crazy guy, kill people. This is just what it is. And, whew. You know, I, it's an assault. It's Again, it's just an assault on people. And it may not have been any of those. We don't know anything about what really happened. Well, I think it's weird that there would be another Bushmaster. <laughs> now, Eric had an interesting little comment that we were talking the other day. Mm -hmm. They have changed the... Uh, the uh -oh. Uh, oh, don't go... In, it, it, please don't take me into Sandy Hook. Really? No, okay. Sandy Hook got to do. I thought, I thought you were, because yeah, I thought you were going to say they've changed the story so many times. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Oh, good. They've changed the mill spec on the on the AR-15. 
uh, with some new new mechanism, and these gun companies have got to get rid of all these old guns. So they're going to try to just move them out as best they can because the, no one's going to buy them once they figure out what's going on with the, with the uh, mechanism. Oh, is something wrong it, with the mechanism? Uh, I'm not, I'm, no, it's just old fashioned, and it does the things that it, it's just not a. It's not a, apparently there's something new invention. It's like the new the new spec is really cool, and you, that's the one you want. Oh, really? Interesting. And so, Bushmaster, Bushmaster, Bushmaster. You know, even though it's a neg, is placed in a negative light, it is a sales pitch. I mean, it's publicity for <laughs> yeah. these guys. Yes. <laughs> really? Every time they have one of these deals, people go out and buy guns. I mean, it's like guns go, sales go crazy during these episodes. Every time, in fact, I think uh, Horowitz was talking about this. Yeah, every time there's a shooting, the the, the, uh, the sales go up. Yeah, every time there's a shooting, especially a, a nasty one like these purport to be, uh, sales go up. And this is the way, and just as a crackpot concept, if you want to think about it, this is the way to get rid of inventory of the of the of the bad of the bushmasters that you they're just not gonna they're not gonna they're gonna be languishing they got to get rid of them. So it's just a it's just a a way to get rid of excess in, inventory. I mean, why is a guy shooting a bushmaster? Why is it always this? Why, why are they mentioning the brand name? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> why don't they call if it's an AR-15, which is essentially what it is? I'll just say why don't they just call it that? No. Call it the type of gun, not the brand name. <laughs> The reason why is because... It's like, a, what do you ever say? It's a 9 millimeter. So, yeah, they will say Glock once in a while because it sounds cool. But generally speaking, that 90% of the 9 millimeters out there aren't Glocks. <laughs> well, What's the point of the, putting the brand name in there? Well, because everything we got to sell something. Well, they're selling these guns to get rid of them. That's the, that's the thesis. What's the point of having news if you can't sell something? I mean, really? Do you work for the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group or what? Well, exactly. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Sell something with the news. In the morning. And by the way, I'm not, I, I promise not to talk about Sandy Hook, so you shouldn't have ever even assumed I was going to go there. It was my mistake. But we do have I some apologize. people to thank. I apologize for even doubting you for a second. I'm very sorry. We have some uh, people to thank, including Sven Middelkoop. Middlecoop. Delftgau. <laughs> Delftgau. <laughs> yes. Here's my not-so-random number donation from $181.72. Mr. and Liberated Slave to complete the binary knighthood donation amount of 10 and 10. Oh. That's interesting. That's binary. Binary, yeah. I like He's that. a binary knight. We're going to make that a, a designation. Your Christmas newsletter fired up my primal instinct to go for the ring to match it with my future pin. Keep up the good work and throw some more of your Euro crisis analysis in our direction. Seasoned with a two delicious double tap cheers. Then <laughs> what's the cheers part? I don't know. No, oh, cheers no, cheers. Okay, okay, cheers. I got it. All right. Oh, well, and he, uh, and he will be knighted today. Which is very nice. Let me. Uh, so he wants a two delicious double tap. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. Okay, nailed it. Nailed it. Sir Jason, Sir Jason Stevens in Las Vegas with no note. Uh, One hundred eleven dollars and eleven cents. I'll, I'll look him up and see if he's got anything in the email slot. Joseph Gaz in Wilmington, Delaware, one hundred two twenty-four. 
Today, during a movie's preview ads, there's Lucy Napolitano telling everyone, if you see something, say something. And I think I should give to Jeb and Adam. Then off to the local mall, mall to return a gift with my wife, and I noticed a noodle had opened. Oh, no. That was enough for me. <laughs> I'm a shot for Miss Mickey. I stand... People start talking in code. I stand all prisoner of conscience. I stand all prisoner of conscience who are oppressed by the governments everywhere. Yeah, that's good. I like it. I'll, I'll, and I'll do an extra... Whatever you said, Joseph. Something. Say something. You've got karma. Uh, Ms. Mickey will uh, thoroughly appreciate the karma shot. We hope to hear by the end of this week uh, from the... Uh, from... Uh, if she will be allowed back into the homeland to join the other folks. To get by, just getting by. I'm sorry, I forgot that part. To just get by. Ulrich Shagirl. 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 Ulrich Shagirl. 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 In Vienna. Nice town if you can live there. 6969. 6969. 69, dude. Please quote me as Raphael the Pool Boy. <laughs> Good work. Here, John and Adam. Here is your share of my Christmas money. I actually wanted to donate 6971, which is 6969. She brings out two hot mill friends. Yeah, no, no. Let's let's do that again. He's giving you a little calculation. He says sixty nine seventy one is sixty nine sixty nine plus she brings two hot mill friends. Yeah. Okay. That's what I said. No, you didn't say that. But since I would not want to risk breaking the streak, I shall stick to the traditional amount. Please give all the non boners a round of turn of the year karma. Followed by a little girl, yay. Thanks for another year of providing great value. A happy new year to you and your loved ones from Gitmo Nation Wiener Schnitzel. Raphael the Pool Boy. You've got karma. Yay! <laughs> okay, Anonymous from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I wonder if it's the same Brooklyn, New York Anonymous. But anyway, 6969. Please keep Anonymous, yes. You guys have kept me sane through the very rough work month of a startup. <clears throat> Wanted to make sure I donate before the new year and before I fly to ski out west. Good life. Requesting a triple shot of karma. First one for Adam and Mickey and their troubles in Europe. Hope everything's resolved fast and furious and you can get back to Texas. The second for JCD and his family. May the tech grouch buzzkill stay healthy and grouchy for the new year. The last for myself to stay safe and sane up in the mountains of Wyoming and even get laid. P.S. I will be listening to this note while barreling down a 3,000-foot vertical with a headspace in one ear. A headphone in one ear, sorry. Wow. I mean, right. how do you even get the space part out of that? <laughs> okay. I have no idea. You've got it's okay. karma. I love you anyway. And that wraps up our... 69! 69, dude! Hey, that's actually not true, because Jan Perseal, Sir Jan in Hamburg... Uh, actually sent us sixty nine dollars, and then he sent a second donation of sixty nine cents, oh, saying, "Okay, well, I got fooled by that one." Then, all right, quick he donation did. to keep Swazzle enough running to say you. In other words, if we, we if this is all we got, we still would have been carrying it on. Say you give for the best pod, you get anyway. 
We give the best podcast universe. Please give yourself and all the supporters of the show a load of karma. Thanks for being here during the holidays and skate safely. All right. Thank you very much, Sir Young. Here's a load of karma. You've got karma. I'm blowing a load of karma on all the citizens. Sir Robert Gold in Toronto. Si- Toronto. 6666. ITMAC and JCD. This 6666 donation covers my voluntary shipping contribution of 3333 on my I hope it's on its way soon night ring. And I can't wait to get it night pin. Excellent idea. And I'm glad to contribute to shipping tithe early. Anything that ends the year with a few magic numbers can only be a good thing. General purpose karma, two to the head, and a parliament mumble would be appreciated. Happy New Year, mofos, and I'll hear y'all in 2013. You've got karma. In Victoria, they had this big parade. Yeah. (laughs) The parade consists of buses that were covered with light bulbs. Really? Not quite sure what the appeal was. <laughs> Brian Rogers, Newton, New Jersey, sixty dollars and six cents. Let's see, look him up. Uh see if there's anything there. Joseph Esposito, uh as for you, Sir Joe the Dish Slave in Stockton. Hey guys, Sir Joe the Dish Slave here with a donation that makes my wife an official dame. Yep. I wanted to get this in before the new year was out so we'd have another set of matching rings to go with our wedding bands. Dame Sam has been the absolute best thing in my life, and there's no one else I'd rather be have next to me at the round table. Please send some car- Christmas karma out to our family. Aww. Merry Christmas. Aw, that's so sweet. We will be uh, daming her in a bit. You've got karma. Damage on the way. Ryan Van in Tempe, Arizona. No comment. $56. Mr. Max Powers, Redding, California. Fifty-five, fifty-five. Please use my AKA Mr. Max Powers greetings, Josh and Adden. Thanks for the great work. Could I get a mumble? Don't eat me, Hillary, two to the head, and karma for all the fellow slaves in the chat. Thanks again. This should be 16665 on my way to knighthood. Going to give 20 donations of 55, 55 times 20 equals 11111. Getting the extra satisfaction of pissing Adam off 20 times for his hated donation of 5555. <laughs> You've got karma. <laughs> that's the only. What is your? What is this hated donation thing? I don't I have no even idea. know this. I have no idea. Something I must have said. Uh, <laughs> what, what I'm surprised by is that is the first "Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton" request. Yeah, I know it's weird. Yeah. Well, it's probably getting old. Yeah. James B. Mon in Ringgold, Louisiana, fifty-two, fifty-two. Shout out to his wife Melody for her birthday on the twenty-seventh. May we have many more together. She's on the list. Eliza or Eliezer, Eliza Martinez in Florence, South Carolina, fifty-two forty-eight. I would say Eliza. Yeah, I would think so. ITM John C. Devours and Madam Curie. After <laughs> spending most of my last paycheck in rent, expensive auto repairs, and family donations, I said, "Fuck it, <laughs> I'm donating the remainder of fifty-two forty-eight to the best podcast in the universe." Why? Because. Even though I've been keeping in touch with what happens in Puerto Rico since I left, no radio show or newspaper on the island has ever mentioned the anesthesia drug. Huh. I found out by listening to No Agenda. That's value for value. I'd like a fiscal cliff scream and a la manona karma. (laughs) 
I don't even know where I got just a bunch of weird letters on I know, my screen. I, I, can't I, know, read it. I know what he means. <laughs> Since I'll be living off my credit cards until my next paycheck on January 3rd. So what a bummer, man. It's like he found out about the drug, but then he, he gave all his money and he quit, can't buy any of it. <laughs> That's a bummer. I don't think you want any of it. All that. Okay. You've got karma. I know what my karma people want. Blake Hughes and Stourbridge, Stourbridge, West Midland. Stourbridge, Stourbridge? I don't know how to pronounce that. S-T-O-U-R, bridge. It's 52 bucks, which is a dollar a week for 2012. This is a good idea, by the way. It's also, this is interesting. Here is 52 bucks, which is a dollar a week for 2012, which everyone should give. And it's also 33 pounds in English money. Oh. Everyone should be donating. This is a minimum to support the show. Thanks for all your hard work. Yeah, it's 50 cents a show. It's not bad. And for providing me with over 250 hours of entertainment this year. Yeah, thank you. Please, could I have a clippity-clop, don't eat me, Hillary, almost too delicious, and karma for 2013. Keep up the great work. And he's in actually in Birmingham. Okay. Clippity-clop. Just clippity-clop. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. Chris Whitten in Millboro, Virginia, 50 bucks. Have either of you seen the 30 Rock episode, Operation Righteous Cowboy Lightning? It's about how Jack no. Doherty comes up with the idea to pre-tape a celebrity disaster benefit that would cover any disaster so they would be the first network to jump on it. I wonder if there's any truth to this. Yes, there is. Absolutely. We'll talk about it after uh, we do this thing. This is actually worth discussing. Uh, I think we've discussed it before. He says they poke fun at other media behaviors like product placement. This this would fall in line. This is their last season, so they can do all this now. Uh, they would fall in line with similar idea that networks pre-produce celebrity obituaries, of course. Yeah. Anyway, can I get a don't eat me 999 karma for my business? <laughs> yeah, of course. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. Nine, 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 nine. You've got karma. <laughs> Sir Peter Tote, what? I'm just laughing. Just laughing. Sir Peter Tote's 50 bucks and Shad Rich uh, in Seattle, another $50. That'll conclude our uh, donation segment for show 473. I want to remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channel Dvorak.com slash NA if you can't get to the former site. Also, noagendanation.com, uh, which has a donate button, as well as uh, noagendashow.com. And, and thanks very much. Yeah, and um, I, you know, a little light today, but still it's nice to see people hanging in. That's very, very kind of you. Uh, it really does help with uh, the some, you know, some of the extra expenses we have going on here uh, show wide uh, during our uh, our exile here um, in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, uh, but also just the stories and everything that uh, you know, the, the well wishes, the beautiful pictures. Um, the troll stories, all the lovely things that you people are sending us. It's all so nice. Isn't it, John? Sweet. It's sweet. It's sweet. It's very sweet. It brings tears to the eye. <laughs> Dvorak.org slash N. You're so sincere when you say that, too. <laughs> it's your birthday, birthday. I know Sarah Bradley congratulates herself turning 38 today and we congratulate Sarah as well remember to send that picture to us James B-Man congratulates his wife Melody she's celebrating her birthday today and Daniel Rudin he will be celebrating on the very first of the new year congratulations and happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show yeah. 
And then uh, we have, uh, I, I guess uh, we'll have a few more nights, but these, these are the actual last nights uh, as we count it down uh, on 474, which will be a palindrome show, 474, the last episode of 2012. Uh, I'm sure we will uh, probably have maybe one or two palindrome nights just checking in, but that's it. Then there's uh, no more rings. It's over to the pins. So uh, we have one, two, we have, wow, we have uh, three nights in a dame. Everyone, uh, you know, people listen long enough and they contribute long enough. You know, you do get to join the roundtable. I mean, this is what's really wonderful to see this happening. In the beginning, it was like, you know, it was like there was a couple people and then just took a long time for other knights and dames to come on board. But, you know, as the show just ages... What is that for? Why are you, don't, why are you hitting me with the bell? <laughs> I just hit it. I just was a mistake. It wasn't didn't make any sense. I could have done this. Yeah. Squirrel. So just don't, don't, don't just hit me with the bell for no reason. Was weird. <laughs> hey, man. Squirrel. Get your blade instead. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Matthew Wittering, Felix Carnici, David Yeagley, and Sarah Bradley all step forward along with Sven Middleco, please. As all of you have reached the level of either night or day, we are very, very happy to have you. And I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Matthew, Sir Felix, Sir David, Dame Sarah, and Sir Sven, all knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. For you, I've got hookers and blow, red boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, rubinets, women and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, sparkling cider and escorts, and mutton and mead. Whew. Thank you so much. It really does, really does matter. This is another thing. When people say, what do you do? I said, uh, well, I, yeah, I talk about the show. What's the business model? I mean, What's the business model? That's <laughs> what I got. I said, hey, that ended in the late 90s. That, that no, no, no. I had, this, I had this exact conversation. I said, well, you know, the people support us. And, uh, you know, that helps us get by. And we all kind of, it's it's kind of a socialist thing when you think about it. But... We're all getting by and say, oh, so that's your business model. I said, no, it's not a business model. It's not. It's magic. No, it's a business model. I said, no, it's not a business model. You can't put, if you went to a bank and said, here's my business model. I'm going to do a show and then uh, I'm going to do it with the, you know, my, my partner and I are going to do a show. Oh, by the way, he lives in California. I live in Texas. And, um, and, we're, and this show is going to be so good that people will call it the best podcast in the universe and will send us money to support us to keep the show going. You know what the bank would say? That's not a business model. Get the hell out of my office. And yet, here we are, moving towards 500 episodes of some kind of beautiful thing that is being done as a worldwide Public service. It's a public service. Well, it's totally a public service. So I got to tell you about, um, so at this dinner, this was, um, it's funny because um, this is one of Mickey's, uh, you know, so-called brothers. Really, they do have that relationship, even though they're not related by blood. And uh, his name, believe it or not, is Eon. It's freaked me out because I'm like, oh my God, your name's not Ian? No, it's Eon. I'm like, oh, you got to meet my friend John. Because you'd probably say, hey, Ian, nice to meet you. Okay. You still with me? Hello? Hello? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> you didn't get my Eon joke. Well, I heard Eon, but... Oh, you, you mispronounced it? No, his name actually is Eon. 
Oh, well, see, I told you there was it existed. This is you're not listening. What are you doing? Are you, are you playing with your toys? Are no, you... no, you you were disconnected for us about oh, I'm ten sorry. seconds. I'm sorry. Oh, well, that sucks. Don't get mad at me. Uh, I'm mad at the internets. Yeah, now see, Mickey's sending files or something. I don't know. She's sending emails or. Mm, all right, Facebook. Are you doing Facebook? Oh, okay. I'm doing Facebook. <laughs> doing Facebook. You asking me? No, I'm, I'm asking Facebook. I'm, no, well, if you if you missed me for ten ten seconds. And there must be some network thing. Anyway, so this is Eon's wife who, you know, said this is your business model. But they are expats. They live in Singapore. And he works for uh, uh, one of the few, it turns out, but for a, a Dutch oil and chemical storage company, Vopac, Victor Oscar Papa Alpha Charlie. And uh, so he's a, he's, he's a pretty big muckety-muck there. And they're in Singapore, and what they do is they literally store oil and sometimes chemicals for uh, national, you know, for national uh, companies, for governments, for traders, whatever. He says, you know, literally, I run a hotel for oil. And yeah, yeah, these are all over the world, right? So very, um, uh, very interesting guy because you know this whole thing. You know, remember, this is the family where the troll story was read, right? So we're all crying about the troll. And then uh, I'm talking to this guy. I said, you know, so so what do you do? And he's telling me a little bit. I said, oh, that's interesting because, you know, I'm I'm really into the pipelines and I study this and I started laying a little bit of pipe on him. And he's like, oh, my God, you actually understand what's going on in the world. I said, yeah, I do. (laughs) And then he started telling me, so I'm like, you know, give me the dirt, man. What's going on in the world of oil? So here's what here's just a few of the things he told me. Uh, I just want to pass it on. We can do with it what we want. So first of all. Turns out, so you know, they are the hotel. They they ship the oil, the oil comes in, they ship it off, and of course, most of this oil has been going to China um, because China needs all the oil to make all the crap that we then buy. He says, big slowdown, big big slowdown. Um, oil is now moving away from China, going to Indonesia, and so I'm like, Indonesia. He says, yeah, now Indonesia, it's going to be the new production center, and he says, interestingly enough. There's a lot of Muslims there, a lot of you know, the Shia, Sharia stuff going on. And I, and I say as a joke, I say, oh, that's great. So now we have a reason to go drone them so we can take over the production and run the show there. And he laughed and he said, yep, you wait. That's exactly what's going to happen. So Red Book, drones in Indonesia. And in fact, there's already a, a news report in today about uh, some clash with Shias and Sunnis. And there's going to be all kinds of terrorists in Indonesia. I guarantee it. You can just you can just wait for it. So that was one. Then I'm saying, well, tell me about Japan and what's going on there, and you know what's with the, with the natural gas now that they shut down the uh, uh, shut down the nuclear plants. He says, ah, uh-uh. he says it's all oil still going to Japan. He says it's going to be two more years until Japan is really ready to open up their gas turbines, and that's when he predicts the price of gas will go up enough, you know, so that it actually um, is profitable. To, uh, to get this stuff out of the ground. So two more years away from the real uh, gas price rise that you and I have been talking about. And then finally... And then natural this, gas. Natural gas, yes. And I thought this was, this was kind of the, the funniest. He says, uh, you know, so we're talking you about... you got to stay in touch with this guy. No, this guy is great. Oh, he's, he's already sent me uh, videos to watch and a book to read. He says the book to read is Monsoon. You ever, I don't, I've never heard of this book, so I've got to find this book. And he sent me videos, which I'll be posting in the show notes. The guy is, is fin- and he was tripping out because, you know, he never expected there to be a guy 
you know, let alone some disc jockey who's, you know, at this trolled Christmas dinner who's like totally gets what it is. And he's like, oh, my God, this is so nice to talk to someone who understands how the world actually runs. And then I lay my my God thing on him like the world runs on, you know, gold oil and drugs. And he's laughing. He's like, oh, this is so great. You've got to come visit. Anyway, so he, he then lays in to me about Iran, uh, Iran. And, uh, you know, I'm laughing. I'm like, ah, you know, it's so funny in America where they show, you know, they show these guys with white lab coats on and they're in the centrifuges and they're making bombs and they're going to kill Israel. And Bibi Netanyahu is showing the picture of the ticking the bomb with the fuse lit and we're all afraid of the Iranians. And he's laughing. He says, yeah, no, it's crazy. And that embargo, he says, what a bunch of crap that is. I'm like, what? You can't tell me you can't have Iranian oil. He says, no, the oil, the oil exports, sure, you know, they've, they've slowed that down. He says, but that's not the main thing that Iran exports. It's NAFTA. He says, that's the stuff that they're making the real money off of. NAFTA, N-A-P-H-T-A, the NAFTA oil. Because he said, if, we sh- if they shut off the NAFTA exports, you wouldn't have trash bags within a week. Goodbye, love. You won't have what in a week? Trash bags. Nafta oil is what they make uh, naphtalene from, and that's what all the petroleum products are made from. That it's it's I guess it's a really sulfur rich or you know some version that it's not it's not necessarily appropriate for burning in your car or being refined you know into into petrol. Na- I thought for sure you would know about nafta oil. N a p h t a. No, no, na- well, it's never. It's not called naphtha oil. Nafta. It, yeah, it just is. naphtha. NAFTA. And it's uh, been around forever. It's a uh, just a liquid uh, goo that comes out of a refinery. Well, he says that, that, that there's no uh, export uh, restrictions on that, and that's really what they're making the money on. He says they would never restrict that because then you know the whole world production of everything made from petroleum would just have to shut down, and that that's really the stuff that's important. I thought that you, you probably would It would've... sounds like me like... It yeah. sounds to me like they're just. This is like a bogus thing, then, because naphtha is. is well, let me go look at. Let me look at the book of knowledge. Hit the button. Um, oh, I, I hit the button, but it didn't go. Let's try it again. There we go. The book of knowledge. Yeah, All right. This is what he naphtha said. Naphtha typically consists of fifteen to thirty percent crude oil, which is oil. Mm-hmm. Light naphtha is the fraction of boiling. This is boiled oil. Heavy naphtha boils, blah, blah, blah. Naphtha is used primarily as a feedstock for producing high-octane gasoline right? via cat forming. And it's used in the bitumen mining industry. Yeah, this is what I know about it. Uh, Produces olefins and uh, steam crackers, which means that poly, poly alpha olefin comes from this stuff, which is the stuff used in so, synthetic. So let me read to you from the Federal Register. Maybe this will help. This is the Federal Register, Wednesday, December 26, 2012, 2205. Uh, by the authority vested in me as President of the United States, uh, Constitution, blah, 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 Barack Obama. Uh, bah, bah, bah. I determined pursuant to Section 1245D of the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2012, public law, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there is sufficient supply of petroleum and petroleum products from countries other than Iran to permit a significant reduction in the volume of petroleum and petroleum products purchased from Iran by or through other foreign financial institutions. So they are the the it's tricky language and I think words do matter that they're talking about petroleum products. I think that this is a pre-petroleum product that NAFTA is not really the petroleum product and therefore Well actually what's interesting to me based on what he says mm-hmm. it yeah it would be a 
pre-petroleum product, which is an end product, and a post-crude oil product. Mm -hmm. It's in between crude oil and a finished product. So it's the stuff that you get from crude oil, and then it's a feedstock for making high-octane gasoline. So it's essentially you boil some oil, and you send this stuff off on its way. Right. Uh, so it's, it's essentially what they've done here. This is, In other words, we've been tricked. Hoodwinked, I tell you. We've been hoodwinked. That's the word. <laughs> We've been hoodwinked by the by the use of the oh no naphtha is, is different yeah no it's not yeah so he literally is that, is that what he said yeah he said th- there's no restriction on naphtha he said and I and I'm like this is bullshit now this is amazing when he said to me this is this is why it's stuck in my brain because he was talking naphtha I'm like North American Free Trade Association he's like no pH uh, naphtha na- I've never heard of naphtha like naphtha yeah well naphtha's he says there's yeah. no restriction we're shipping the, the stuff in and out from Iran all the time because there's no restriction on the naphtha it's a scam it's a big lie. Wow. Yeah, good, huh? Yeah, that's a 10. Oh. You don't have a clip, unfortunately. No. I can't give you a clip of the no. week, but... No. Wow. Interesting, though, right? Yeah, it's just it's, yeah, unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I'm keeping in touch with the guy, for sure. And uh, so he sent me... Well, I'll put it in the show notes, um, the book that he said I had to read. Uh, but it was just cool, you know? He's like, oh, it's so nice to have... Because, you know, I'm just laying all of my... South Stream, North Stream, you know, all yeah, the right. all my pipeline stuff on it. Right, like, nobody else, nobody, nobody else that he ever runs across, no, ever, 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 ever. You know, his wife you is know, talking human about human rights violations. <laughs> those human rights violations. <laughs> Damn Iranians! Yeah, they got white coats on there, cooking up, cooking up bombs. They're gonna make a bomb now. Now I got to tell you a funny story my dad told me because my dad is in Holland and I went to visit him uh, yesterday. And he's in the home, and you know he's uh, he's a little messed up, my old man. Uh, now you know that we lived in Uganda the first three years of my life. Yeah, and uh, so you know the old man is getting old, and so he's he's talking, and my sister's there, and he, Willow, no Tiffany, oh. Willow's in uh, in Italy. Tiffany lives here, and he lays this outrageous story on us, and it, it took me a while to get it out of him straight. The way it came out, I was like, wow, that's really crazy. Um, so when we apparently moved to Uganda for a few years, before Idi Amin, in, uh, so I was born in 64, so I think 64, 65. And we got there, and we flew on one of the first de Havilland Comet airplanes. This is one of the first, oh, one of the first the jets. Comet. Yeah, one of the first jets. And we flew from London. I guess we somehow we went to, uh, we got to London somehow, and then we flew from London to Uganda, but we had a stopover. Guess where we stopped over? Somewhere in the Middle East would be my guess. Benghazi. Oh, cool. So, so, yeah, this is what I said. I say, cool. And then he tells me this story that it was really weird because um, the guy, uh, this, is, this was like a year or two before the revolution, before Gaddafi. So it was King, uh, who was, who was uh, Adiri or something, I guess? I don't know. Yeah. So, so it was you know. So they have this stop in Benghazi. I mean, so I was in Benghazi. I was like one year old. But what had happened is because it was coincidence. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> but because this was you know this brand new plane, um, and you know it wasn't full. The passengers had to spread out in the plane for the weight and balance. This is this oh is, brother, right? So 
uh, so even my parents, I guess, were split up, and you know they had put me and you know in my little my little uh, carry on crib, whatever, with the blankets, and so they have to stop in Benghazi to refuel, and it's really weird, and you know guys with AKs, uh, I guess it was an AK back in the day, AK forty sevens, and they're refueling, and they get back on the plane, the plane takes off, and they just like glance back, and you know saw the pile of blankets, uh, then the plane's in the air. And then my mom goes, you know, back to check on me. I'm not in, I'm not underneath the blankets. And they have this, and so they believe that I've been kidnapped and I'm still in Benghazi. <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. This is a crazy Where story. Where were you? Well, apparently, so they had just walked off the plane, you know, for, during refueling, left me on the plane, which is pretty unbelievable as is. Thanks, mom and dad. And I had got climbed out, and I had crawled all the way back to the back of the plane underneath all the seats. So they spent like a half hour <laughs> thinking, trying to convince the guy to fly back to Benghazi to go get me. And they had no idea. I just, you know, like Stewie or something. I had like, you know, my hands and knees had crawled all the way to the back. Anyway, I thought it was kind of a funny story because it was Benghazi. I thought it was kind of an interesting little, well. little Christmas story. Yeah, a little Christmas story about Benghazi. Now, so while I'm on so Benghazi... we've got connections to Benghazi that go we, way back. <laughs> so while I'm on Benghazi, remember the uh, that four State Department officials resigned or were kicked out or whatever because of the uh, the report, the account, right, Accountability right, right, Review right. Board report? Well, here we go. Uh, the highest-ranking official caught up in the scandal, Assistant Secretary of State Eric Boswell hasn't actually resigned. No, he's he's just resigned from one of his many tasks. See, they made it sound like he he's resigned voluntarily. But, you know, the only thing he's done is he's uh, he's just quit from one one desk and he's switching over to another desk. And the three other officials, deputy assistant uh, secretaries Charlene Lamb, Raymond Maxwell, and a third whose name we don't have, um they haven't been kicked out. They've just been reassigned. So they make it all sound like, oh, people have been held accountable, but no one's actually fired and no one quit. Huh. What a shocker. And I have a little prediction for you. You got the red book? Uh, Yep. So Hillary is now out for a couple weeks, and I don't even know if she'll ever testify about Benghazi, but... Here's what we need to look out for. When she comes back, and I predict six more weeks, because I have experience with this, six more weeks, she's going to look dynamite. Oh, you think she's getting plastic surgery? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect time to do it. Get a little nip, get a little tuck, get your hair done. Oh, yeah. Right, and you got to be out when you get plastic surgery, especially at her age. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have massive plastic surgery because she looks terrible if you see her without her makeup. Well, she doesn't need massive. And she's got to run for president. No, she doesn't need massive. She needs a, l a little work around the eyes, a little work on oh, the I eyelids. I think she's going to get massive. But, I, yeah, well, but you know, 10 weeks would be more than enough. So I'd say she's been out for four. Give her six more. She's back at the inauguration. When's the inauguration? Coming up in a couple of weeks, she's got to be back sooner than that. Then she's got it. Well, she could, she could make. She may not be at the inauguration. I think it's too early. Yeah, unless she's going to wear sunglasses and bundle up. Oh yeah, scarf on the head and sunglasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could that could be a possibility. 
I think oh, yeah, a she- lot of makeup spray on the spray on makeup. This spray, <laughs> just spray her. <sighs> oh yes, I think you got. Yeah, you may be onto something there. I'm, I'm going to buy you that. Yeah, put it in the book, man. Put it in the book. Uh, so I've got a. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Please. No, I was just going to say. You know. Meanwhile, Sirius heating up. We've got uh, you know Assad using uh, nerve gas. Seven people killed with nerve gas. He's using his chemical weapons. Here's proof. Here's the audio. Horrible video they found uh, over there at the Al Jazeera's. Here's a guy like can't breathe. You got to see the the video to this. The guy. The... You know, these, these Arab actors that they have in some of this crazy... They're good. They, they suck. They stink. <laughs> no, this guy's good. He's good. <laughs> ah, yes. And, of course, we had the uh, Syrian chief of the military police defect. Now, in another significant blow to the Syrian government, the, the commander blow. of the country's military police has announced... His defection. In a recorded message uploaded to YouTube, <laughs> Lieutenant General Abdulaziz Al Shalal says the Syrian army has deviated from its fundamental mission of protecting the nation. Now, remind me when I resign uh, to put it on YouTube first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the guy could be on Newsnight on the BBC. He's, you know, just have to go to Turkey and you know, he's going to upload to YouTube. Yeah, <sighs> how pretty I'm, dubious is that? Does that is is that the when it's on YouTube now and it's shaky cam? That now is the official. It's real video. I don't know. It's baffling. Yeah. All right, I'm getting a little tired of YouTube. To be honest about it, I, I mean, it's it's good for some things, but uh, all that. Stuff that's uploaded, the shaky cam crap. Yeah, that's that's quite annoying. Well, I have a, a moment of the Dvorak Curry Consulting Company oh, um, group. It's actually Curry Dvorak, I think. Whatever. Yeah, but it's, C D G. Yes, but it's group. 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 It's group. Not it's group of us. Group. Group. Yeah. Group. Um, so there's some joker that did. Somebody sent me this. I said, so you got to watch it. You know this clip. It's a. It's that that one of those anti. Uh, one of these anti, uh, you've seen this commercial. It's got everybody and their sister saying, we've got to stop shooting people. We've got to demand a plan, demand a plan. Yeah, the, yeah I, we played this on the last show. Did we we played the parody? No, not the parody. We played the real one on the show. Nah, yeah, we played the real one. This is the end of the, this is a parody version where they mouthed in, you know, the government's got too many guns. We've got to demand a plan to disarm the government. And this is, you know, it's kind of... I haven't seen it that. It wasn't that... I haven't seen that. So someone did a yeah, parody it's not and it was... Great. Okay, it's not all that good. Right, But here's it. the problem. I'm going to just... This is just a piece of free advice from the consulting group. Ooh, oh, wait a minute. Why are you giving it away? Because it's, it needs to be done. Okay. Because like they keep sending... People keep sending this crap in. And now, let me tell you what, it, what the, the advice is. This is only a, a tip of an... Of a, iceberg of advice okay an avalanche of advice (laughs) if you're going to do one of these things and then you're gonna you have a punchline at the end and you've maybe edited it okay so it kind of works you know to some extent 
You don't bring in a voiceover guy who just graduated from high school and his voice is still changing oh. and have him do a little voiceover. You can get voiceover work. You can find it on the Internet. There's plenty of good, booming voices that will work for about 10 bucks a line. You only need about five lines. 50 bucks is going to cost you to beef up. And instead, you're going to get this particular kind of sound, which immediately goes, oh, it's an eye roller with this amateurish guy. He's got no punch. Terrible ending. Ruined the whole thing, by the way. Demand a plan. Right now. Right now. You! Demand it! Enough. 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 A plan to ban guns from government. Because government uses guns to kill innocent people, too. Oh, God. Could it be any worse? Yeah, it could be even worse, but this was pretty bad. Oh, my God. Demand a plan for government. Demand a plan. It's terrible. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, not only do you need the Curry Dvorak, you need the Curry Dvorak voiceover group to help you with this. Yeah, you can hit that big ball voice to demand, some extent. Demand a plan. Yeah, I can't do it with this. Mic. But there are some guys that do this that voice, that big ball voice, which yeah. is called big balls. Yeah, big balls. Uh, in a world. That are just, they were cheap. In a world where lesbians wear comfortable shoes. Anyway, I was just, I found it annoying. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I got one clip. Dr. Oz, hit it. <laughs> Dr. Oz, let's take a little little clip to show you how awkward it got. One moment. <laughs> Daphne, you can't answer this question. <laughs> Best after sex food. <laughs> Getting lots of insights here. It's yes. wonderful. <laughs> what about for you? Oh, please, please. I like soaked nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Did Dr. Oz really say that? Yeah. He said, I like soaked nuts. After sex. Okay, the guy just went up 10 points in my book. <laughs> Soaked nuts. Soaked nuts. Really? And this was on broadcast television? Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That's hardcore. <laughs> Soaked nuts. So I have, a, I have a pet peeve, and I, first I want to tell you what kind of sparked it. And then I'll play the. Uh, uh, so this is this is what what sparked the the pet peeve. You know, we have this private space industry that is being built around us, and uh, some of it is real and you know whatever. It's it's you know to me it's like I used to be into model rocketry, and these these guys just have bigger rockets. So this is this is the. Uh, I guess it's real. I don't know. I mean, it uh, it could this could be an animation for all I know. The private rocket rocket maker SpaceX says it has successfully tested the first completely reusable rocket. Take a look at this newly released video. It shows the Grasshopper rocket launching 12 stories into the air. Then it hovers briefly before reversing direction and landing softly on the launch pad. A reusable rocket could lower costs for space missions significantly, but more testing is needed. So I mean, you know, I look at this and I'm like, who cares? So now we're gonna have Hold a rocket. On. Wait, wait. The rocket can land on its feet. But so, but this is twelve stories up. It goes. It goes up what a uh, hundred feet? Yeah, and then I can it, throw a rock that far. And then, well, then it hovers, and then it comes back down. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's I guess that's gonna save money. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna schlep all that fuel through space and. 
to me, it's like, this is just a story for investors or something. I don't know. You know, and, and by the way, people who are really into technology hate me when I talk about this stuff. And I say, you know, because, you know, Elon Musk is like some hero. He's like the Tom Swift of our era. You know, I don't know. He makes expensive battery cars that, you know, are useless as far as I'm concerned. Certainly in the apocalypse. So, you know, so you know, got this space thing and he's like a superhero. People love this guy. And I just think he's a douchey twat. So we have one of these over here. He's a what? A douchey twat. Like soak nuts. A douchey twat. So we have one of these douchebags over here. His name is Michiel Moll. And he, his daddy got really, really rich by selling off, you know, some bogative uh, IT firm, I don't know, 10 years ago. Made a huge, uh, before the bubble pop, made a huge amount of money. Big, big government contracts. Billionaire. And so this is his kid. And, you know, the kids always had Ferraris. And I say he, he had a game company. He's had some, some pretty cool things, you know, but toys. And he, now he, he has, you know, Formula One team. And now he's, he's all over the newspapers with his um, SXC, which stands for Space Expedition Company or Corporation, which actually used to be called the Space Expedition Curacao because uh, he bought into it. And and it's a huge, huge, huge scam. And I just want to unveil the scam because it's the same scam that Richard Branson is doing with this bullcrap selling tickets on a space ride. And and I just only he was on CNN. So I'm going to play a little bit, um, and then I just want to tell you what what's really going on here and how this is just soaking up money from people who have way too much money for some bullcrap fantasy ride. Initially, a craft called Lynx, made by X-Core Aerospace in California, is to take passengers up. SXC co-founder Mikhail Mole told me how the reusable craft is shaking up the space industry. Shaking up the space industry, John. The space is being... Uh, my God! It's a revolutionary new uh, spaceship which fits just a, a pilot and a co-pilot. So there's one passenger, so to say. So it's just two people on board. Just the two of you, yeah. And uh, it has four revolutionary new rocket engines. Revolutionary new rocket engines? Uh, which make it so special. It's a, a really small engine. In reality, it's not more than this. And it's extremely powerful and efficient. So with those four small engines, uh, we can take you to an altitude of over 100 kilometers. Which, which makes, makes you an astronaut. Exactly. Officially. officially, you get your astronaut wings and then the official title you yeah. can use. Now, do you hear what's going on? Do, have you figured out what this is yet, John? Not really. I mean, besides just being bullcrap. Yeah. No, what it is, do you know these like fantasy rides where you can, you know, you can for $20,000, you can fly in a MiG fighter? Or, you I know, think it's 40, isn't it? This well, whatever it is. This is exactly what this is. They take you up to 60,000 feet, which, by the way, the Concorde did in 1972. Uh, if, if they ever get you up there for $95,000, they're going to put you in uh, effectively uh, an F 16 with amazing new rocket engines, if it ever happens, if it ever really happens. But they've already got 40 people to give them $95,000. But if you look at their website, <laughs> They're not going to fly until 2014. However, you you know you have all these patches, you see, and you have to go through the training. And the training you get your G-force patch, your uh, Desdemona simulator, whatever that is, the mission tactics course, the Albatross jet course, the zero G flight, and for each one, of course, you're paying like ten grand outside of the ninety-five grand. 
And uh, let me see if I can find this video. So here is the, the training flight, which you can, of course, take now after you've deposited your $95,000 in, uh, in the hopes that in 2014 you will fly up into the into space. You know, I'll give you the rest of his pitch. It's kind of funny. And, it, um, it, 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 and of course, you, you get a title. Then you're an astronaut, so people have to call you Sir Spaceman or something like that. Uh, accelerates uh, from the runway like a normal plane, but then more like an F F-16 with uh, afterburner speed. Then the minute you go straight up into the air, and within a minute uh, you break the sound barrier. Right! And in three minutes you're going Mach 3, so close to 4,000 kilometers an hour, and you're actually in space already. In four minutes the engine stops, you're weightless, you, you float to an altitude of over 100 kilometers, the ship turns upside down, and this whole top of this glass canopy, so you have this beautiful view of Earth. And you're seeing, you know, you're seeing all of this animated, because all they have is animation. The sky is black, of course, because in, in, you're in, really in space, and you see this Earth with this thin layer of atmosphere, and uh, I've not been there yet, but I talked to a number of astronauts who have been there, and they, they all claim that it's really it's quite magical. a life-changing experience. And to be that the two of you up there, yeah. seven billion people down there, it makes you ambassador of Mother Earth itself immediately. Uh, ambassador of Mother Earth itself. So I just want people to understand, because you know, this is in the papers here, and it's the same with Richard Branson. This is bullshit. This is not some magical, fantastic, oh, finally space flight for normal human beings no it's a fantasy ride they're selling people with way too much money a bunch of bull crap and part of it is you pay an extra 20,000 for the flight in the L39 albatross uh, trainer because you have to train in order to do this magical space flight here's the video the L-39 training mission. Training mission. Specifically designed for Space Expedition Corporation. <laughs> it creates realistic mission circumstances similar to the actual Lynx spaceflight. <laughs> now the time has come to make space accessible. Together with former pilots of the Royal Dutch Air Force, future astronauts fly and experience the very same maneuvers and G-forces. The ultimate space flight experience. It's a scam for rich people. So stop believing it. Yeah, well, I just had to get it off my chest because it's so apparently. irritating. Oh, in fact, I even got to play it. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. I just want people to know. That this is no big deal, 60,000 feet, 80,000 feet. It's all been done. This is nothing special. It's just a bunch of rich boys pretending to be astronauts. And they hire ex-astronauts to do their pitch videos. This is nothing special. Yeah, well, send a couple of guys have actually gone up with the Russians, but it cost $28 million. Yeah. Talk about somebody with too much money. That's a little different, though. That's, uh, that's not what this is. That's no. different. That's different. They actually take you up and drop you off at the space. <laughs> I don't think I just doesn't sound like a com a good weekend to me. Not something like I really want to do. No, no, I agree. So anyway, I call that the bogative frontier. All right. Hey, I saw a movie the other night. Oh. People might want to check it out. Yeah, what's that? Visioneers, two thousand eight movie with uh, just it's just a it's definitely something if you're it's, it's offbeat it's Zach uh, Gala Fanicanicus or whatever his name is and a bunch of other uh, it's kind of a B movie about 
about this corporation that's taken over the place and and uh the the salute is is giving everyone the finger so it's kind of you know it's kind of juvenile the movie in many ways but it, it's about people they started exploding <laughs> just out of the blue yeah they just blow up <laughs> And uh, nice. so I think it's actually an homage to spontaneous human combustion. Right, which you've been on, tracking. On the one level. Which you've been tracking for many, many years. This is one oh, of yeah. the specialities. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad to see somebody finally made a movie. It has a fantastic rating of 6 out of 10. Ooh, so you know, on, you know, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's free on your Netflix. Hey, d- did I see that the cloud failed on Christmas where Netflix just fell apart and, and, and no one could watch? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. I, it, it was, doesn't surprise me. No, of course not. It's like this. It's like whoa. No uh, yeah, it was like Netflix and of course Amazon streaming stuff didn't work either. I mean, we we don't have any of that here. Um, but I just thought that was pretty funny. Yet, <laughs> yeah, really. No, man. I'm all, you know what I'm all over now. Right, right now, what my new thing is, APRS. You got to get this. APRS. What does that ring a bell? Uh, well, it's been around for twenty years, I think. Automatic packet reporting reporting system. System, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's basically Twitter for ham radio. It's pretty cool. I I was able to send an email. No, let me go to one of the fine fine ham sites. <laughs> I was which able has I was able to send an email from my uh, handheld uh, radio. It's 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 kind of a mind bender when you when you see how it works, but it's really mature and it's been around for a long time. And so they they have an internet backbone, but if that falls away, then it still works. And you know you can just send messages to each other. And so I actually have people sending sending. It's it's kind of like a Twitter that you need a license for, and I like that. Well, what license do you need? Do you need a general to use this thing? No, no, you know, no. You can do it with a technician license. Huh. And and I and I just want to say something about the ham radio licenses to everybody who's been hearing us talk about this. Um, if you have a if you've been if you've ever talked to someone who's into ham radio, and I think even we might have given this uh, this perception, they're like, oh, you have to study for this test and you have to do this test, and it's really like it's a hard, it's a test, man. It's like technical test. It's the biggest bunch of bullcrap because the answers by law. With the questions, the multiple choice questions are published. Okay, so with the four with the four answers, three of which are wrong, they may be in a different order. So even if you weren't interested, you only have to memorize all the questions and the answers for every test. It's the same for the general and same for the extra class. This is if you can if you can memorize even if you don't understand a thing about it, you can still pass this test. So I don't yeah, want there to be any, any magic that it's tough or whatever. You Anyone can, who knows anything about computers can probably with, without, without, without studying yeah, the answers. Yeah, yeah, without getting seventy five percent of exactly. Them. So you can pass this test, guaranteed, guaranteed. You can pass this test, and it's worth it because we can do fun things and we can you know and without all the a holes, you know, it's because most a holes won't even go for the test. So pass the test. Take the test. Even the technician, pass the test. Join the club. There's a lot of cool stuff we can do. That's my pitch. I like it. You're good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad you're on board. 
<laughs> I'm also dispelling the myth that it's, once they remove the, the requirements for Morse code, which, by the way, now that I've actually learned it, five words per minute, really? Is that what stopped me from, from wanting to do this test? Which still had all the questions and answers published. Anyone can do five words a minute. It's, not, it's really not that hard. But you don't even have to do that anymore. So get on board with the plan. Join us. It's Twitter with a license. And worldwide and without the stupid wires and no log files and no tracking. And you can and we, we can be awesome. Yeah, I think people should get it. Everyone should get a ham license. It's if, not a big deal. If they listen it's to easy this program. Enough. If they listen to this program, and, they should. Yeah, they should. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's good to have. It's kind of cool in some nerdy way. People are always like, oh, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. Well, then get your ham license if you're a nerd and exactly. a geek, especially some of the women out there yeah. who like to call themselves geeky girls. Oh, I'm geeky. I'm a nerd. You know, a lot of actresses do this, you know. Uh, <laughs> What's the name of that girl in the Love Miz show? She's always, oh, I'm a geek. I'm a geek. I'm a kind of, I play games on the computer. That's, I'm a geek. Oh, you mean Jolie O'Dell? <laughs> Jolie O'Dell, she's, she's not an actress. Maybe she is. Uh. No, I'm thinking of uh, Anne Hathaway. Uh, she really claims to be a geek girl. Really? She's know? not a geek girl. No way. But she says, you ask her, oh, yeah. I'm a geek girl. I'm yeah. like... The I'm, computer. I'm buzzing her out. At Molly Wood. Molly Wood, you should have a ham radio license. Ma, if Molly Wood Outrage. doesn't get a ham license, I'm 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 banning her from Twitter. <laughs> you're banning her from Twitter, or you're blocking her. Which one? Blocking, blocking. Listen, Ev, John F. Dvorak. Well, Mickey should get a license. She doesn't. No, she does not claim to be a geek girl at all. She does. No, no, no. No, no, no. She is not going to get her license. No, I think Natalie Del Conte. There's another one right there. Oh, Natalie Del Conte must get a license. How about uh, Veronica Belmont? Absolutely. She makes a big deal out of being a geek girl. Yep. If you don't have your ham license, you are not a geek girl. I think we've gone to something here. This is going to be our, our this is 2018, ladies and gentlemen. We're kind of rolling it out in advance. A little a heads up on what we're going to be pushing. <laughs> This is the new agenda on the No Agenda show. Yes, the new No, the new no Agenda agenda. It's the, the new No Agenda's agenda. Exactly. Hey, do you have an end of show clip here that you want to play, or is that uh, not something you yeah, want to Yeah, let me, let me set it up. Okay. It's a, uh, it's just a long... Dan Burton was a congressman who headed up a bunch of uh, committees in Congress who did mostly investigative stuff. And I actually have two clips here, but just the one we need to play the end of show clip. He talks about what congressional powers you have, what Congress can and cannot do, and what the president can and cannot do, and, and, and it's up to Congress to investigate the president. Ooh. And he has a few anecdotes about his days as the uh, uh, chief investigator when he was heading the committee at, that did the uh, House uh, rules and some other. He had two or three committees. And this is the and Cl he was always Clinton going days? after Clinton. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Always going after Clinton, and he has some interesting anecdotes that are worth listening to. Nice. Okay, we will roll that out, and uh, we will have our final broadcast of the best podcast in the universe on uh, Sunday. and that The final will... 2012 broadcast. That's what you think. <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. So uh, let's see if we can get some 474 nights in just before we, uh, we end out the year. Thank you again. Boy, take a chance. Thank you again for supporting us. Day 21 in exile here in Gitmo Nation Lowlands in the morning. I'm Adam Curry.
And from northern, 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 northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday right here with more No Agenda. And uh, when you want to explain to people about the investigation's power of Congress and what role it plays generally, uh, how do you um, explain that role of Congress? Well, the the Congress has the responsibility to uh, ferret out waste, fraud, and abuse in government and and in, in the executive branch. We're supposed to oversee that. Most committees in the Congress and the House don't do a really good job of it. When I became chairman, Newt charged me with the responsibility of really being aggressive in a number of investigations. I investigate Health and Human Services, the Food and Drug Administration, the FBI, uh, as well as the White House. And we found that there were people in jail for 30-some years for crimes they didn't commit. J. Edgar Hoover knew about it, and uh, like Mr. Joe Salvati of uh, Massachusetts. So there were a lot of things that were wrong in government that weren't readily known. And so when we had our investigations, we were very, very aggressive. Now, what did we do? I I issued over 1,200 subpoenas. I don't think anybody will ever touch that record. I'm not sure it's a good record, but it was one I thought was necessary. And it's because we wanted to get to the bottom of a lot of these things. And I think it paid off. And I will tell you this. We not only put pressure on the Clinton administration, uh, I put pressure on the Bush administration and her chief, his chief counsel at the White House as well, uh, in particular where the Salvati case was involved. And uh, so I know you've probably heard of uh, Whitey Bulger, who was just captured recently. Uh, his brother, uh, Billy Bulger, was one of the people we had before our committee in Boston working on that uh, that Bulger investigation. So there were a lot of things we did, and that's the responsibility of Congress. The oversight of the executive branch and the agencies of government is extremely important because no matter what you believe, there's go- what you think, there's going to be waste, there's going to be fraud, and there's going to be criminal activity and abuse in any government. And you have to really take a hard look at it. Well, with that um, hyper-partisanship you were talking about earlier uh, and some of its root causes, did, did your uh, aggressive stance for investigation contribute to that? And if so, is that the price that you think is necessary to pay? Uh, I think that uh, it did contribute to that because uh, you're really stepping on toes. Uh, when you go after the President of the United States, you'd better have armor plate and you'd better realize they're going to do whatever it takes to uh, negate what you say and to put a stop to your investigation, which they did. And uh, they contacted the, uh, the head of my golf team when I was in high school, girls I dated in school. They, they went into everything. So I, I think that's one of the things you have to expect when you're really aggressive. And it does cause uh, uh, problems. Uh, but nevertheless, I have no regrets about it. I feel if you're going to do your job and do it, to the best of your ability and, and live up to your commitments to the Constitution, you have to be ready to take the slings and arrows that outrageous fortune. What did you learn through that experience about the powers of the executive and the powers of the Congress? As I said before, I learned that the President of the United States, if he has an Attorney General that will really stand behind him, I think there's very little that can be uh, accomplished as far as bringing illegal activity to the fore and to justice. Uh, Richard Nixon, uh, he went to his attorney general during Watergate and didn't get his support. Had he gotten his support, I don't think he would have left office. Uh, Conversely, when we went after Bill Clinton and had over 100 people take the Fifth Amendment or flee the country, and we had 
I felt very strong evidence of some illegal activities. Uh, Janet Reno really protected him, and I think that uh, ended up uh, helping him a lot. Uh, but I want to point out, and if Bill or Hillary is paying any attention, I would say to them, they did some good things. And I think that uh, the economy of the country was helped because he worked with Newt Gingrich. So there were some positives. But nevertheless, I still feel like there were some things that were wrong that, uh, that we were pursuing. Let's take a little, little clip to show you how awkward it got one moment. <laughs> Daphne, you can't answer this question. <laughs> Best after-sex food. <laughs> Getting lots of insights here. It's yes. wonderful. <laughs> what about for you? Oh, please, please. Oh. I like soaked nuts. The best podcast in the universe. slash N-A.